good. Sounds good. All right, yo. Let's think this podcast, episode 94. George, Ryan, yep. Greg, yep. back in the building. Special guest on the line with us today. Somebody, uh, you know, one thing that we like to do on the podcast is actually talk about people who have some type of impact and influence in sneaker community. Uh, nobody just fooling around on YouTube and other nonsense, but somebody who's actually putting stuff on our feet. We're talking, Shots. To, uh, Shots. Uh, we're talking to uh, Dion Point of Concepts. Um, who's a creative director? Is that the title? Yeah, that's what they give me. Yeah, that's what they yeah. give you. Uh, that's, that's what yeah, they call when, him. That's what they call him. When you get him. to that level, it gets glorified. They gotta say something when they introduce you. So you know, <laughs> when you give them business cards. Well, we appreciate you uh, taking the time to talk to us. I know you know you're super busy, and uh, you know I'm sure you could be doing anything right now. But we definitely appreciate, especially being under the weather right now. We definitely appreciate you talking to us, and we appreciate you giving nah, us. No and we appreciate you giving us some of the most fire collaborations that we have in all of our closets too. And we're gonna, oh man, y'all are too nice, man. What no. is this, a paid sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, but we're, yeah, we're, y'all supposed to pay us. <laughs> no, we're, we're definitely in the market, though. Hey, man, I send the check. If you're gonna keep talking that, oh, no. well, no, I appreciate it. Thank we you. can actually, uh, we can actually, we're gonna get to that a little bit later. But uh, you know, one of the things, sure. you know, like I said, this is you know Dion Point, you know, creative director of uh, Concepts, and you know, for those who might not be familiar, you know, Ryan is already kind of touched on just a little bit about collaboration but we're talking about when pigs fly we're talking about pistachios we're talking about lobster pack we're talking about are you allowed to say i seen on a post that you made and you said legally you can't say kennedy is that true yeah so um so i mean we could probably touch base on that at some point but um right. for, for the most part you know that my whole basis of, of what i do is kind of uh, especially for the brand is is immersed in like storytelling. So I don't I don't really like to do anything that I said like a kid can go on, you know, like ID and kind of design himself because the majority of the time that kid's probably ninety nine percent more talented than myself. So I have to find like my end and, and my end was kinda, you know, figuring out a story and something that kinda kept it within the parameters of me to not like just pick a few colors and go crazy. So um what I'm getting to though is oftentimes when we when we start with the inception of something to when it gets done, um, as it starts to close up and you button the seams and get everything kind of airtight, uh, the name the naming thing comes about and and you'll approach the brand and they'll say, well, you know, pitch us some names and we'll get it approved through legal. Uh, back in the day, I say early two thousands, it wasn't so strict because it was more or less as long as you didn't do anything like the Heineken or you know the Kruger, you really weren't getting sued. Now um, it, it's just taking on a whole new life because the sneaker, you know, culture is so big and everybody wants a piece of it. So they see a name like Nike, New Balance, Adidas, whoever. Um, they're like, "Hey, shit, we can get a check off this." So that's who you ask, and without you know, with, without any um, remorse whatsoever. So um, the Kennedy, the reason why it was named that initially was because our um, creative studio was actually on JFK Street. Um, uh-huh. Frankie was working on the idea and I was kind of fine tuning it with him. And, uh, you know, truth be told, we didn't really have a name at that point. We were just kind of mocking some shit up. Then when we started diving into the nautical flags and all that stuff. It was like, Oh, cool. But how are we going to pitch this? We, you know, we're, we're lobster guys. We already did that, uh, successfully. We had a couple, um, new balance that had some kind of base basis storylines behind it. And, uh, we wanted to continue that because we felt like that was kind of our niche. So um, 
when we started thinking about it, that name actually came after the fact. Uh, and then when we reapproached it to do this, we had discussed doing it on a 997. And, um, you know, just as kind of a, a homage play to what got us there, because that shoe, I think we did 350 to maybe 500 pair back then. And a lot of people didn't get their hands on them. And that's why it was such high market value mm-hmm. at the time. But people always had asked. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I, I'm not a 999 guy. So I was kind of like, let's, let's reappropriate it. We'll put on 907. And uh, they was like, cool, but we're re- reintroducing the 999. This time made in the U.S. So we felt like that's a cool story. Um, so, so, you know, when, when you're partnered with somebody like that, of that magnitude, especially New Balance, obviously you want to you wanna appease them as much as possible as long as it doesn't, you know, uh, it doesn't deter, you know, deter, excuse me, the, uh, what you're initially doing. So when we asked to do this shoe again, they were like, well, but one condition, um, we can't refer to it as a Kenny. We already couldn't before. Mm-hmm. kind of sneaker magazines that dubbed it that back in the day. But this time there was um, absolutely no way of getting around that. So I mean, and that it, happens a lot. <laughs> it it definitely makes sense that if you're taking a, a you know maybe something that's copyrighted from a movie or a brand or something like that, mm-hmm. but is it really because of the fan? Like, is the is their family a copyrighted thing? Like the uh, family I, name? You know, to be honest, um, that's a question for the lawyers. I mean, <laughs> you'd be amazed at what does like. Okay, so we're dropping something. I think in a week or two, the um, the Lake Havasu we threw around. Um, like eight or nine names of that. And, and to be, and to be clear, I want to be very honest. I, I don't give a fuck about names. That's not like really my thing. I right, think, right. um, the sneaker community, it's, it's kind of cool to let them pick and choose what, what they want to call something mm-hmm. and see what sticks. Uh, just because, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about the consumer. So, um, it's just something we have to do legally because it's bound to the boxes. And also when we're sending emails back and forth, we need something to refer to it as. Um, so that it just kind of, it, it kind of, you know, alleviates some of the pressure of going back and forth and the guesstimating and all that stuff. So that's why we do it. But, uh, yeah, a lot of things get shot down. And more importantly than the names on my side, a lot of the stories get shut down. I've been um, talking with kids on IG as much as I can to try to um, explain certain things. And uh, oftentimes the, the stories that go to press are just completely wrong. Like the, uh, um, what was it, the Rival Pack one I did, the... Uh, the 997 for New York. It was it was referred to as the um, Empire State or uh, what was it? Statue of Liberty. Excuse me, Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. And I mean that that was like so way far off. But um, it took me you know years of that coming out to be able to um, to be able to actually correct people because initially I thought the story was so good. Uh, I, I wasn't just, I just wasn't allowed to say it legally. So oftentimes I'll go to my own Instagram and try to do it, even though it's not affiliated with with concepts so much i mean i guess that's you know it kind of is but it, it i get a little bit more freedom but um concepts as a whole are not allowed to say certain things um because we're legally bound on the contract so we might have a great story that that'll kind of make you actually even want to have a shoe and uh, we won't be able to tell it because of legal ramifications so with the story of that pack because i love both of them i like i think i like the boston one a little bit more i own both of them um you so own the, both yeah, I own both the Boston and the and the New York. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, you're the guy that bought them. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that guy that was clicking refresh on concepts that morning that bought both of you're them. Man, I, we owe you a t-shirt or something. <laughs> um, so the story was uh, 
the story was when I opened in New York, excuse me, when we, um, I never said I, so I'm just like groggy. Uh, when we opened in New York, we wanted to do something kind of attaching both names, uh, Boston and New York. Uh, mm. Of course, we wanted to come hat in hand, and we were very humbled at being able to enter, you know, what what I consider the mecca of all things, uh, NYC. So um, part of that, though, is when we're talking baseball, we're talking football or sports, you know, I hate New York. So um, what, do, what do we do? I have to make a shoot for New York, and, uh, you know, I have no love at all for them in the sports world. So I, we're, talk, we're talking about doing something inspired by their team. Uh, you know, you think of pinstripes, navy and white, it's already been done. Yeah. Jordan Brand has done a few things with Jeter, and, you know, it's just kind of tired and washed. Like, I, I wasn't into it. So it took me a few months to kind of find a story that, that would make sense. And um, when we were Googling it and checking out and, doing all this like kind of backstoring, I found that um, I think back in like 1857, you have to correct me because I don't know exactly the year, uh, th- there was a, a an officer shot in the line of duty. And when he, um, he was the first officer shot in the line of duty. And when he received his uh, Medal of Honor, it was actually created by Tiffany and co yeah, out of like this, like, I think it was a um, like some kind of, silver metal and it was in the um logo shape of an n and a y together that that medal of honor actually went on 10 years later to become what is now the most iconic logo on all the baseball which is the new york yankees logo so i thought it was cool doing it tiffany colors kind of paying homage to um to them for doing that but we had to kind of stare away from it exactly from the pantone because again you can get sued and then um the logo was a little kind of chalky back then they cleaned it up, reappropriated it, and now you have your Yankees logo. So what was more important wow. uh, for me in that story is being able to tell actual Yankee fans that I hate uh, <laughs> more about their own culture than they knew. So that that's was awesome. exciting for me, and, and that's like <laughs> true Boston, like stick it to you, go fuck yourself type of shit. So that's, right. that's where we were with that. And um, But truth be told, the, the, the shoe came out amazing. I loved it. I was a little bit hesitant. Um because I know, you know, Nikki's doing his thing on the diamond side. I didn't want people to think like we were biting or copying, but I think with the story and everything that was going on, it kind of tied together nicely. That, that whereas the Boston one was a little more literal. Well, the story, like Park, Green Monster. Yeah. that story you just told, I've never, never heard, heard it. that. Yeah. Like that, that's a great story. That is like that story is something that I got those on deck. Yeah. <laughs> I got one for Six Flags too. So. Well, because well, because it's, it's I, funny. Everything beca- we do, I got a story for man. It's just how long how long we have. Oh, we got yeah, we got we can stay here until tomorrow. Um, <laughs> until until your until, until your cough medicine kicks in. Yeah. Um, well, you know, going back, you know, obviously we want to we want to touch on sneakers a lot more. We got a lot of questions, but a lot of questions. I read your interview with Sneaker Freaker and. Um, you know, how you got your foot in the door at Concepts. Um, mm-hmm. can, can you touch on that just a little bit? Because there's a lot of our listeners who, I think when I read it, I said, you know, this is where experience trumps a paycheck at some point because you're going to get a paycheck one day. You just got to get your foot in the door and willing to work hard for it. So how did that all process get started? Yeah, I don't excuse me, I don't know the, um, the interview per se, but, I mean, my, my initial start, uh, you know, just quick background, I grew up single parent household. My mom really was, was dirt poor. We didn't have much and, and sneakers obviously weren't a thing back in like the eighties or so. It was kinda like you know, you just warm. Yeah, maybe one pair of shoes and you, you you didn't really even keep them clean. Like those are the shoes you played in, those are the shoes like you went to school then, whatever. And then um, you know, rap started coming about and 
in basketball started becoming a little bit more prominent, especially in Boston where we had, you know, the Celtics who had, you know, an immense rivalry with, with the Lakers and so on. So we, we were obviously big sports time. So sneakers for me, they kind of started there. Um, I think the first pair of shoes I got were like legends or something. They were fucking awful. They were like white and navy blue. I didn't even know what they were. I just knew they were Nikes. That's how you kind of talked about shoes back then. I was like, oh, I got a pair of Nikes. I got a pair of Adidas. Nobody was naming names. Um, fast forward to me, you know, working as soon as I get my workers permit, because that's what they used to do back then. I don't know if they still do that, <laughs> but I think I was like 14. I started making money like busboying or whatever. And, uh, I spent all my money on shoes, like clothes, but really shoes. And I, at that point I was a freshman in high school. I had 30 pair of kicks, which was like a lot in my oh, school. Yeah. I, you know, that was it. I was a guy. Um, and then I started hustling a little bit, doing my thing, got more and more. And then I started hustling even more and more and I got more and more. So, I had amassed um, quite a large collection of shoes even back then, and I found concepts by default just because I used to go to North and A-Life and all these stores, and uh, one kid had, like, the Acorns on, the Acorn Air Force, and I'm like, damn, where'd you get those? And we was at, like, a um, some sort of event. He was like, I got them at this store in Cambridge, and that was the first time I ever heard someone refer to anything in Massachusetts because usually it's, like, New York. That's what you said. When people were kind of sweating you for something, you'd say, yeah, I got it in New York. And that was it. Because New York's such a wide open place. <laughs> you didn't have to even dial in where. Mm-hmm. You know, it was kind of like a brush off, but it was, you know, it saved you the time I have of explaining and blowing up your spots. Um, that's so that, that's, a, that's just <laughs> everywhere. I remember in California and here in Arizona, if somebody had something, nobody knew what it was. You just say, y'all got that joint in New York. I got it from New York. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Because yeah. you don't want to blow your spot. Right. And, uh, and part of the reason concepts remain such like a hidden gem for those years, you keep in mind, we were, we were open in 96. Mm. So we were open outside of Supreme. We were open before anybody else. You know, uh, I think Packers been open for like a million years. But outside of that, yeah. you know, like we, we were we were already cooking. It's just people wanted to keep it a secret because Boston dudes are so, you know, they didn't they didn't want to give that up. So it was hidden in the back of like a mom and pop store. I uh, walked in, I, I copped a few pair of kicks. They had like the year of the horse back then, some biotech dunks. And uh, what, what I'd never seen before were these, um, these Nike SBs. And I'm like, well, what are those? Why are they in a the glass case? And the kid was like, well, these are, you know, the Nike SB first series. This is the zoo York, the chocolate, Danny super, so on. And I'm um, like, those are different. Um, all right, why don't I do the New York ones or the chocolates or whatever? And he was like, yeah, they're like 600. I'm like, are you out your fucking mind? Like, I didn't know what those, what they were. And um, at that time, keep in mind, suggested retail was suggested retail. When you had gold like that, you kind of dictated the price. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't a reseller's market back then. It was just. The, the sneaker stores were the resellers. Um, and, and over a few years, what had happened was SB in particular issued a uh, newsletter to all their accounts like, yo, everybody that's selling these has to chill. You guys are going way too wild. Um, while it is suggested retail, we don't want you going over a certain price. And I think it was like around $200 or something back then. Uh, so anyways, um, I found the store and I fell in love with it. I was making a ton of money. I was doing construction uh, in the labor's union just to kind of keep everything legit on the side to counteract what I was doing elsewhere. And um, I, I, I was like, yo, can I work here? Like, can I work here on the weekends? Because I became tight with them guys. Normally what I do is they would just save me a size nine and everything. Like anything that came in, they knew what I wanted. And, and I had a D on stash that I'd go pick it up because <clears throat> I live like 40 minutes out. 
me and my crew, we run in there and buy everything that we could get our hands on. Every now and then, though, you got to keep in mind, there were celebrities and people stopping in that found out who the store was. And if they were size nine, I might get jacked. So, um, you know, if such and such came in, this guy, they'd be like, oh, you had to sell your shoe. And I'm like, man, you can't keep doing this. And I'm like, well, I'm not start working on Saturdays for free. And, you know, I'll just, I just want to get shoes. You don't have to pay me. I just want to be able to buy the shoes. And they were like, if, if that's what you want to do, for sure. And I'm like, yeah. So I was doing construction during the week, and then I'll come work down on the weekends. Um, Spongy at that time was considering opening his own thing, um, Lace, which is still standing now, um, still a great shop. And, you know, he was getting ready to leave. So the owner came to me and was like, yo, you really seem to enjoy this. Why don't I offer you a job? Uh, full-time and you give up your construction job and I'm like man listen I, I really appreciate it I love the sneaker you know world and I love what I think concepts could be but um, by no means can I give up this job I got a kid on the way I got great benefits and you're offering me I think at that time he was offering me maybe half of what I was making you know and and I had a ton of bills and uh, things going on so it just wasn't it wasn't really in my best interest to do so but um but i did love sneakers and i loved what i thought concepts could be that was the most important part of this whole like me rambling um so so i said you know i came home talked to my bm and i was just like fuck it i think i'm gonna try it if, you, if you're willing to support me and you think um i have what it takes do everything because i at that time i already knew what i wanted to do i know i want to start doing collaborations i knew the brands i wanted to go after um you know it was just the mindset of being able to take this leap of faith and, and, and I needed someone to reassure me that I could do it. Cause uh, I didn't have that complete confidence in myself that, you know, this place would understand me kind of coming in, doing a complete 360, moving things around and shaking it up. And, uh, you know, they did, she said, yeah. And you know, the rest is history. So you started there in 2003, if I remember correctly from the article. I think it was, yeah. I think it was like, um, Luffy, like maybe 2002, 2003. Okay. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the shoes that were that were uh, being sold back then. Um, but yeah, I remember distinctly uh, the year the I think it was year the horse. It just came out. Um, the first one. I think they only did one. Um, yeah, when I first started like being over there, I'm trying to think of some of the other shoes. Those were my time ago. But yeah, like actually right around the first series of SBs dropped. I was shopping there, and I and I started working there, and I took some there after. Gotcha. Yeah, because I remember my first experience, I guess, with concepts was the lobsters came out oh seven, oh eight, oh eight, May of oh eight. Yeah. Okay. And then oh nine was the blue. So I remember I had a buddy out there for the blue lobster release. He was like out there doing something at Harvard, and I remember like we've been obviously big sneakerheads since high school, like Jordans and all that stuff. And he calls me. And he's like, yo, I'm I'm out here like looking at the campus at Harvard. He's like, but there's this little spot named Concepts, and I'm standing in line, and I'm like the 25th person in line here, and they're releasing this dunk called the Blue Lobster, and they're 90 bucks. Do you want me to pick you up a pair? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, sure. And he brought them home, and they were like one of the dopest shoes that I had ever like seen, like as far as SB releases go at that time. And, uh, so like from then on, like I had always gone to your guys' website and kind of followed like what kind of was going on, but just even the story of how the blue lobster release came about. Cause you, I mean, whose idea was it? Like, obviously like you're very into storytelling. So I'm assuming it was all your idea to do the warning signs and start posting. And like, it kind of started a little bit of like pandemonium throughout the area. Right. 
Yeah, so um, the initial uh, roster I tell everybody was uh, this kid, Rob Hepler, who, who went on to start uh, Buscemi brand thereafter. Uh, and, and I hated it. I told everybody that. I thought it was I thought it was dumb. First of all, I don't even eat seafood. Secondly, like I didn't <laughs> I didn't like the idea of a food thing following up um, some of the success of Dunks prior. You yeah. know, Jeff had the staple. I'm like, I get it. It's pigeons, New York, like it's a fixture. Um, and we're doing a lobster, like that's how we wanna be uh, representing ourselves, like I just thought it was odd. Uh, I have no respect for crustaceans, and I just was like, this is, this is, man. you know what I mean? Like right. it's just Boston. I, I mean, I like to, you know, hold it in high regard, and you know, here we are. Now we just picked the unofficial mascot. So, um, you know, we started mocking it up, and we worked on it. Rob, Rob um, I'd love to. I know he probably has it on his Instagram, some of the first drawing he ever did of it. I think he drew it with like literally like colored pencils and. It, you know, we, to bring that to life, it was it was pretty funny. But uh, I started I started to like it a lot. So when we were working on that, um, is when I really started to find my like kind of niche as like a, a storyteller, and and I started digging in a little deeper. And I, and I was like, oh my god, they they have blue lobsters. I never even heard of this. And they were like one in a million. And I called Nike, and I'm like, I know we're we're trying to finalize this red one, but you, I really think if we could do this blue one, it would be sick as well. And they were like, well, you know what we'll do? We'll make, I'll make a pair for me. I'll make a pair for you. I'll make a pair for, you know, my boss. Um, so I was like, fuck it. That's cool with me. Mm. Um, that actually never happened in about six months after the red one came out. They were so impressed with what we had did that they were like, yo, we're going to give you the green light to do it again. Um, let's just make sure y'all show up to bat and, you know, you're ready to swing. So, uh, the pressure was really on us to like get, to get rid of the sophomore jinx. I know you guys, um, being sneaker connoisseurs and such, I've seen people that they, they've they've come out with one or two dope shoes and then it just progressively gets worse. You yes. know, um, maybe they they hit a, a like a, a wave for a second and then it died out or whatever. They just had the right timing. Um, we didn't want that to happen. So what we did was we actually went to a creative agency in Boston, um, and we worked with them. They they do all the uh, packaging for I think Hasbro and Star Wars. They're they're basically essentially a toy company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went and sat with them through a mutual friend, and we kind of showed them what we have done in the past. Because they actually I'm sorry they worked with us on the red a little bit too. I'm sorry, let me take that back. Okay. Um, but this time around we were like, yo, we wanna we we wanna really like top what we did for the red. The red was kind of fairly easy. It was lobster bags and in in the like lobster traps and such like that we want to take it up a notch um you know they were totally on board so they kind of helped us bring the vision to life because at that time we were such a small company we didn't have the the money to go and outsource all these things like when we're doing a package or a box excuse me uh oftentimes it's it gets costly so for like if you're talking holy grail for me to do those cement boxes they cost me uh, 135 bucks each. Jesus. So we lost money on those. We lost money on the Japanese puzzle boxes, and we lost money on the blue lobster boxes uh-huh. because that that um, cutout kind of hazmat styrofoam box. Even though it sounds simple, um, for you to do anything less than like 10,000 of those, it, the price is through the roof. So it's pretty astronomical. So that that actually cost us. I think close to 80 bucks a piece wow. because they had to make a special mold engrave our name in it. And, you know, keep in mind, this was Oh nine. I mean, yeah. I don't know how things are now. 
Um, but we still run into that problem a lot. There's a lot of boxes I've tried to do where it's just way too expensive. Um, so anyways, yeah, that's kind of how it came about. And we, and when we started doing these fake signs and we started posting these viral videos of like a dog getting eaten, um, we did it completely joking around, but we wanted to build it up. You know, we had found out what Twitter was. It was fairly new. So we used that to our advantage to create this kind of viral campaign that, um, caught on. A couple kids were hip to it though, because when we were running the Twitter account, we were following like <laughs> Days Quality Meets and Supreme and other like, like-minded sneaker stores instead of following like science labs and shit like that. So some kids are like, wait a minute, I don't think the scientist that you guys created is real because he kept saying, you know, blue lobsters are taking over. And it was just meant to be like this, you know, over the top kind of weird viral campaign that would just get people on edge. And, and you know, we planned on announcing the shoe I think a week before it dropped, which is something that really didn't exist back then. Mm -hmm. But what had happened was city hall got wind of it and heard about these signs and, and people were genuinely nervous. Like people were like, I don't know if I can bring my kid to the beach. I saw a video <laughs> the other day in Marshfield of like, you know, someone getting pulled in, uh, some, some kid's dog getting bit by these lobsters. And, uh, it, we noticed it was getting out of hand and we had already got a cease and desist from like, City Hall from the first lobster campaign to oh. not hang posters around. So we didn't want it coming back to us. So um, luckily enough, we avoided, you know, getting hit over the head too much. But yeah, the campaign kind of spun out of control and went a little bit more viral than we had hoped. But uh, it was it was fun, man. I mean, looking back at it now, I think that's the one that actually cemented who we are, even more so than the Red Lobster. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I on uh you know we do an episode every single week and every single week we do top 10 list all the time yes. and we've done top 10 collaborations we've done top 10 you know new balances top 10 sbs sbs we've done and you know we all i mean clearly we all when pigs fly we consider at least two of us in here i think consider when pigs fly the greatest the dunk of one, all time the greatest dunk of all time and really, really, I, I, I have wow. mine on my feet right now. Like it is, and the greatest dunk, at least the greatest dunk high of all time. And and all of this is this is all documented. You know, we're not just blowing smoke because we're talking to you. This is no, all, not yo, right. that's amazing. And you know, it's funny because I don't, I, I don't wear any of that stuff. Just so you know, I don't wear any. <laughs> I've, I, I've never, I've maybe wore them like to a release here and there, but I don't wear not even any like hyenas or like. Not even like hyenas or luxury goods or like any roses, none of that stuff. Nah, really. Nah, well, never, you know, what? I, I kind of, nah, I don't know why. I kind of figured, I, I kind of figured you didn't. Only when I saw you on full size running, you were wearing a uh, off white Prestos, and I'm like, yeah, we, we got the creative director of concepts on a show wearing not anything he is a part of, you know. Um, yeah, my boss hates it, man. I right. just, uh, you know, I, as long as y'all love it, I'm happy. I. I, you know, I guess like one thing with me and the reason why I've been behind the scenes for so long is because I want I want it to be about the brand more so than myself. So um, I go into it like hat in hand, super humble. I don't I'm not in love with myself. I don't think I'm doing anything um, with this brand that, you know, a million kids out there can do. So, I mean, if there's anybody listening out there, the one thing I would want them to take from it is if if they believe in it enough and they want to go chase it and find it. I'm sure, like you said earlier, that things will eventually click. It's just the problem is people want the fame and they want the notoriety and the Instagram likes and all that shit. Like, that's all irrelevant because we, we have shoes that we put, you know, we'll get 
however many thousands of likes on the shoe and we'll sell three of them. And I'm not even talking concepts collab. It could be any brand, you know, that's out in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And then we have shoes that get, you know, a few hits here and there and we sell a lot of them. So, I mean, that, right. that world, it, it, people weigh too heavily on that. And I think um, w- when, when you grow up and that's kind of the way that you become popular, it also, it also kind of inhibits your creativity a little bit. So for the guy that really wants to get out there and thinks he can design shoes and do whatever the fuck he wants, I would say just like, you know, dive into your work, get so immersed in it that that's all you can do. And I'm sure good things will come of it, but it's not going to happen on Instagram well, you, know, you know, or whatever the fuck is the thing. That's, <laughs> nah, that, well, that's funny. You say that because, you know, a lot of people do make that, you know, that mistake by believing the internet, you know, as far as like likes and comments and things like that, you'll see, real life. you'll see something that's, you know, I guess a GR or something that's, you know, I don't want to say regular, but you'll just see something and you'll see the most comments that are like, these are fire, must cop, oh, definitely we'll get these. And they sit and they make it to Kicks deals and they make it to all these other sites. And it can yeah. be thousands and thousands of likes and things like that. So, you know, I would understand, you know, it's funny because a lot of these creators like yourself will say they don't pay attention to the comments and stuff. And I, I guess you really can't because if you get too immersed in what people are saying on the Internet and Instagram, your creativity will th- put you at a in your mind that you're doing just great, you know, and you'll feel that. Oh, I do like the uh, I do like the hype beast comments though, a lot. I read those all the time. <laughs> I read everybody. It oh, could be about fucking I don't know wh- whoever the fuck little Yachty's fucking new single. I read all of them when I get the time because uh, I check hype beast once a week. That's kind of the um, hype beast and sneaker news. I do some of the sneaker blogs, but. Um, I don't check them all because then I start to get in the mindset of wanting to copycat and, and right. mimic and follow. I'd, I'd like to just kind of coast through on my own creative process. Mm. But um, I do love the comments. So when I'm bored or like, say I'm on a conference and I got nothing to do, I, I'll read those comments all day. I think some of them kids have, I, and I know they're on there. I think they call it trolling or whatever, but yeah. uh, I know they're just doing that. But some of those are great. But I, I do want to tell you about your Win Pigs Fly real quick since you touched on it. Cool. So um, there was a shoe that we were doing. It was actually a, um, it looked like a uh, a cop shoe, a, a cop uniform. So it was uh, quite a few hues of blue, a little bit of gold on there. Um, typical kind of like state trooper, um, you know, get up in in. What we did was on the bottom of the sole, it was going to have these red and blue police lights, kind of like um, see-through, clear bottom with this kind of red and, and blue kind of like seeping through the bottom. It looked, it looked pretty sick, but um, what, what, the, what got caught up when we were actually making it was we tried to sneak it through um, Nike where um, when, once you skated it and broke it apart, there was this pink pig suede underneath, and uh, <laughs> that, that didn't go over too well. So, so that so that, oh. that got shut down. About, um, damn, I say we we were close to finalizing. The shoe had gotten done over. We had did like some donut shit, some sprinkles, and people were like nah. And then we're like we'll do the cop thing, and underneath would be this pink pig suede. And uh, you know, obviously the pun there is is pretty obvious. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Once, once they asked us for a reasoning behind it, because Nike, um, you know, as big of a company as they are, they're very hands-on, so they like to know everything, uh, and they need to know what what the purpose is for everything. So, um, 
Yeah, like, when no, you're bro, when you're that big, that. you don't like bad press, man. That's that's nah, uh, yeah. Nah. So that they're like, bro, we're not we're not doing this. We want to do it. Um, do you want to change the color to like purple? Or, and then <laughs> you know, we started talking about that. But then what happens is again, like you know, these legal these legal restrictions are a real thing. So uh, we couldn't do purple because purple is the color of a bruise. So that's oh. like police brutality. And we tried to do red, and red is, you know, it maybe could be blood yeah. or misconstrued as this. So I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, this this is how this shit works. So, you know, what we'll start as a creative idea will, like, kind of blossom to something else. So finally, they're like, you know what? We got to stay away from this altogether. It's just not, it just doesn't seem like it's going to be cool. Uh, I think we were even using that carbon fiber on it. The, the shoe was pretty, do- uh, pretty dope. So we had three days to come up with a shoe, and we're sitting um, in these in this hotel suite uh, with with my Nike rep at the time, um, my man Will, and he was like, you know, it's just a bummer. Like we can't kind of just have fun with this. You know, it's not meant to be, you know, vicious or anything like that. I'm vicious, and um, you know, it just was supposed to be fun. I was like, yeah, I know, man. And um, he, he, I, th- I forget what had happened, but something. Something was said where maybe he said something to me, and I was like, "Yeah, like when pigs fly," and um, like they'll let us do something. And I'm like, "Yeah, when pigs fly, or whatever." And oddly enough, in the suite of the hotel, uh, in this room, there's just this this big picture over my head of a fucking flying pig and like three other pigs flying behind it. So <laughs> he was like, "Yo, would you be? <laughs> would you want to do this?" And I'm like what like base a shoe off a saying like i don't even understand it like that that doesn't make any sense like why would we do that and um you know he was like nah and we started you know we were drinking like we're throwing shit around and um i don't know if you guys know but i love to drink so when I, that's really my favorite <laughs> part. like i get a couple i get a couple of sips of me and then we start diving in so um i was like yo i love it he was excited man i was building off his excitement and I was like, I love it, but you know, again, man, we're, we're storytellers like that. I don't, I can't tell a story about a phrase that's been around since the beginning of time. Um, so, what we did, oh man, I got to be delicate because I don't want to get in trouble. Because uh, <laughs> this this one's still a little touchy. What we did was we made we made the shoe pink, um, and, and obviously the 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 silver swoosh that's on your shoe now is um, like this puffed kind of material, but it gives off this like kind of chrome. Um, vibe to it if if you were to watch uh if, let me see it was kind of based on this hudson hornet car um from this movie porkies it, it's um the car itself was this big pink hudson hornet and the guy was like the villain in the movie but instead of having like an angel on the front for the uh the hood decorator decoration it was actually a flying pig uh so what else we did besides that is we took the pink we took the silver and then if you look at the tag, it's navy blue and yellow. It doesn't make any sense with that color mm-hmm. combo of the shoe. But what we did was we took um, the license plate colors from, from that movie, um, especially that particular time frame. I think it was in Miami, like 1950s. So that, that is actually the exact colors of the license plate. And um, the blue, obviously, is the sky from a pig flying. So we had to kind of dive in and out of the inspiration to that and, and apply it to a phrase, but it actually was based on much more than that. And then if you see the, um, the shower, the shower box or whatever that came with it, that was based on the infamous shower scene in that same movie 
where um, a guy was spying on a bunch of chicks through like a people <laughs> in the shower scene. And it was like one of the most notable scenes from that movie. So um, while it isn't based on the movie or tied to it at all, there was a lot of inspiration from like kind of that whole vibe. So that's where the, the pig fly story came from. Well, that, then, was, um, that was yeah. actually one of the Go things ahead. that I was like excited about you being on was because ever since I've got the shoe, I've always looked at the top of the box and been like, I wonder why it has to do with like it looks like a water like shower curtain kind of effect, and I was always curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, that it, was a tough one, man. It's literally like it's it. I don't want to sound, um, especially now where everything's so tense. It it it's it's based on like kind of being like a see through shower that box, and that's where <laughs> the kind of water blitz effect is is from. And if you were to see the movie or just kind of even watch. Um, maybe like the trailer mm-hmm. on YouTube, you'll, you'll probably get a glimpse of how all those things tied together. Um, but yeah, again, we couldn't do anything inspired by a movie or directly, you know, right. attributed to. So we kind of had to tread lightly on that. Well, but it's, the, it's, see, these are the, type the of phrase st- itself. It, it saved us. The, these type of stories, I, I, I'm telling you, these stories you've already told us right now, never heard of them, never even thought about it. I mean, honestly, as a consumer, we're three regular sneakerheads that come to a podcast. And as a consumer, when you see something like a Wins Pick Fly or, you know, you guys do like Lear Deodoras or anything like that, we think that you get the shoe, you come up with the colors, you think of like a little cool name, and you come on. <laughs> that whole process no. with the police story, the, you know, the colors, the things like that, that's. A- a phenomenal story yes. that I don't know if anybody knows or heard besides you guys. And Oh, no, nobody knows that. You guys would be the first. So either I'll lose my job and be the fourth person on the podcast. Or <laughs> hey, hey let me tell you something. We're, all, we're, you we're, we're wide open for sponsorships <laughs> and anything that Concepts wants to do with us. So I'm just giving you a heads up. Um, but yeah, another nah, thing. Nah, nobody knows, man. That, I mean, I, that's uh, crazy. I sit and have like internal conversations with people and they're just like blown away they're like why have you never said anything i'm like well you know time and place man that the whole tiffany's thing with the yankees logo all that is it's crazy stuff because we're all under the assumption that it was all oh, Statue of Liberty. You can't think of anything with that mm-hmm. type it of is, color. It is kind of funny, in my opinion, that one collab was based on like honoring a slave police officer, and the other one is like big, <laughs> yeah. big cops. <laughs> cops are big. Um, yeah. Another question. I mean, you can see why we, we picked those two stories to talk about. So there's a there's <laughs> well, a I'm pretty calculated. If everybody thinks I just float around, get drunk, party, and whatever, but um. <laughs> no, I'm super. I duck out on that stuff. No, man. that's I get super calculated into it. That's some uh, intelligence. Even, even stuff. the boxes and things like that. Well, all, um, well, so there's they can kind of tell the story for me. So it's, it's funny that you know we're kind of going through this area because it sounds like concept is willing to even throw out the risk of like certain things. You had the lobster scare, you had the, you know, the slain officer, you had the possibility of, you know, wins pigs fly. fly. And then I go back to thinking, because like I said, we've done top 10 list and I can, I don't know if Ryan does as well, but I, Greg, consider eight ball ASICs number one or number two top 10 ASICs of all time to me. It's one of my favorite that I would refuse to ever give of. And you guys had the coca. Really? It's, it's really. Yeah. And you guys had the coca. Yeah. So you have slain officer, you have blue lobster, you have <laughs> Wimpix fly, and then you have like obviously stuff in reference to drugs. Is there <laughs> any issues when it comes to saying we're going to create a dunk that is packaged 
like the classic look of cocaine. Uh, ASIC. Of a- uh, ASIC. <laughs> And have it duct tape wrapped with that logo on it with the vinyl. Well, they even had like the trap house picture, the, like as yeah. part of the photo shoot. Trap house. You even got the blood drips in the insole. Is there the, any the issue? red cap on the, the red on the laces? Yeah, back, the vials. Lace back. The vials. Yeah, the vial. like, is there any issues when it comes to stuff like that? Oh my God! Yes. So um, <laughs> where do I even start? So with that, um, you know, I, I, I've I've always had a. a appreciation for for film and in movies and I, I you know i fly a lot so i i a lot of people read i just don't i wasn't <laughs> i wasn't that great in school to be perfectly honest with you i kind of barely um even made it through uh graduation i think i got a black diploma and i had to stay to make up all the days i was suspended just to get it so <clears throat> um knowledge isn't my forte but i, I love movies and i love places people things so i when i'm working on a shoe with with the crew i kind of always like to pull from somewhere and one thing i loved was uh all the movies uh about about kind of cocaine and 80s and that era and obviously you know like i told you i had a background and maybe doing some things i shouldn't when i was a kid so i i knew a little bit about that whole world but um it still doesn't it still doesn't work for me if i don't have a way to make it stick or something that ties it directly to who we are as a brand so um when when i was thinking about that movie blow one of the things i learned was about george jung being you know one of the biggest drug traffickers in all the united states i think at one point he was ushering in no less than like 85 percent of the cocaine in america um so he's from he's from massachusetts um and even though he was like a rat and a snitch uh i thought there was something there so uh we started diving into that a little bit and I I had been I had been holding the eight ball for I think three years maybe longer. Um, I wanted to do it, and <clears throat> when I work with um, guys that come on board, uh, even though I'm the creative director here, I like to have a cohesive unit. We have a very small team of like maybe three four guys. Um, I like everybody to be excited about it, or else it doesn't work for me because you know we gotta we gotta push something and convince others that, um, you know, we put our best foot forward and that's not going to happen unless everybody fully believes in the project. So it took me a couple of years to get everybody to believe in it. And then when I started mentioning kind of the inspo, people were like, bro, you're bugging. There's no way in hell you're going to do a cocaine inspired shoe. And I'm like, well, hear me out. Like it wasn't necessarily cocaine, <laughs> but it was an error. Um, cocaine was, um, and, I, and I'll kind of touch on this in a second but I, you know what i can actually hear you drugs. going to meetings and saying hear me out <laughs> i can actually hear that yo 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 yeah, hear me out never, that's usually never followed up by anything good uh <laughs> and when someone says hear me out be be prepared to think they're crazy uh so no but it was you know it was it was a luxury drug um in it was something that you just couldn't get your hands on and it was and it was mentally elite it obviously became something much more than that later on but um you know, if you notice, even the laces on the eight ball, they were in a, they were in like a, a vial, and mm-hmm. um, the navy blue and yellow one were actually the colors of um, the two most popular credit cards at that time, Visa and Mastercard. So um, the laces even were symbolic of kind of me coming full story with that. You caught onto the blood drip. You see that um, the cage on the uh, medial side is actually um, coated in white plastic, which is meant to symbolize like a baggie as well. Uh, so everything was there. I love the idea of, of Yo, George Young so being tight. from Mass. But the most important part about it was that he actually got out that year. 
So it made sense. When we did the C note, uh, nobody really knew this, but uh, luckily it got it got pushed back, the uh, actual $100 bill going to print, because uh, I think a bunch had gotten stolen and something had happened. The C note, the $100 bill came out the exact month that we dropped the C note to you guys um, for sale. So we, we actually dropped it in you know, conjunction with the $100 bill going um, to press. So same deal here. George Young was getting out that year. We thought it would be kind of interesting story. And we did the trap house. And, uh, you know, that was one of my favorite build outs of all time. Completely interactive. And that's when we started realizing we could do more with that. But but the, um, the most important part about um, us doing a cocaine inspired shoe isn't, isn't that it was cocaine pushing the envelope. It's that if you look back, uh, and and I don't think anybody knows this, so um, thank God I'm sick and on Nike when I talk a lot. <laughs> the, the, every shoe we've ever did has a luxury theme to it. So if you look at Lobster, if you look at that Tiffany, um, you know, being a luxury company, if you look at what the luxury goods was inspired by, yeah. um, you know, Tea Party, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, the Coca, uh, there's, there's so many others. Uh, Lyra being money-based, C-No, obviously Mint. Um, Everything kind of has either a sport or a luxury adaptation to it. So we always try to stick with that theme. Um, Concepts is, is when we opened in 96 has come a long way to where we are now. And we were the first store ever uh, independently owned to carry Gucci and Lavon and Balenciaga alongside of Vans and these other brands. Keep in mind, Barney's and, and Neiman's and Saks and those guys weren't even hit to that yet. So we, we were we were on that wave like super early so it's kind of been you know a little bit of our dna uh, in in who we are so to to you know kind of convey that through collaborations was a no-brainer for me but it's always been like in this kind of underlying theme um never something that we've plastered but even like if it's the boxes there's always some kind of luxury like you know interpretation there so uh when we followed it up with the coca obviously i wanted to do a little bit more with this one and, and kind of not get ASICs people fired from the job. But that almost did happen. We were open in Miami to pop up the second day. And, and I think Miami. Japan got wind that there might have been like a correlation there. And uh, they were going to shut it down. We had about 400 kids coming to, to the cop that day. And uh, I was going crazy trying to figure out a way to make it all make sense. But luckily, um, it all worked out. We we did probably what I would say is coolest build up I think in you know sneaker history in terms of um, you know being interactive in in the overall experience. I I don't think I've seen anything even along those lines. We spent upwards of like a hundred k just trying to get like that. We rented out this like mansion. I don't know if y'all were uh, around. I got hit to the pictures or whatever. But we we basically dropped a pin in in Miami during Apezo. we told kids where we'd come pick them up in a bus the next day at the same spot. And we did it in like 20 minute intervals. So once you got on the bus, we blindfolded you, uh, drove you to <laughs> Yo! a location, which was like this. So you got 30 kids blindfolded on each bus. Um, in, in, we would kind of give you the orders before you got there, of what you couldn't, couldn't do where you could take pictures, where you couldn't, um, what, what what you could touch, what you couldn't. It was it was um, super kind of. I wouldn't say strict, but it was it was you know we, we wanted to kind of take over your senses. So what we did was uh, once you once you got to the undisclosed location, which was this huge mansion, like enormous, um, 
we um we took the blindfold off. You walked into this room, and there's just this. It's all red lighted out, and it's just like a jungle in there. And there's this old Vietnam vet there, posted up with like an AK and a uh, and a German Shepherd <laughs> oh, that was old as fuck. The thing just barked like crazy. So, um, picture you like being completely like you couldn't see shit. And the first thing you see is the sun from outside, and they're immediately like escorted into this room. Um, and this dog is just barking at you. So your sensor, sensory overload is just going nuts. <laughs> Uh, from there, we took you through like a customs room, and then you walk down this long, elongated hall- hallway. Um, keep in mind, it's a huge mansion, like it's a massive. And you came out into this airplane hangar where we had this deafening like helicopter sound. Um, oh, they, you had a helicopter was, like, sound? I think oh. a Bugatti. What's that? You said it was a helicopter sound and everything. Oh, yeah, it was like the decibel was like ten. It sounded like a helicopter was landing inside this airplane hangar. But we had, like, these Bugattis. We had, like, 18 girls in, in swimsuits and shotguns and uh, <laughs> machetes and shit. And, you know, then we had this whole... There's a lot of things I can't say that were there. Um, but then you went up upstairs um, on the second terrace of this mansion, and there was, like, an actual nightclub there where people were actually just partying. People, you know, of age, of course, were drinking, hanging out, models and all this stuff. And you walked through, like, this nightclub. Then you got to this... Because you bought the first shoe downstairs, the Coca, mm-hmm. you got to this um, last room where there's like, uh, not even the last room, one of the rooms, because uh, some of them I just can't talk about because we'll get in trouble, but there was like, <laughs> this uh, Colombian music playing and this one table, it's carved out of like an entire fucking tree. It's literally like the length of like a football field. Uh, and this woman was at the end uh, dressed as the, you know, the likeness of Griselda Blanco. And she was like the super hot chick and, you know, she sold you the Black Widow. And then from there, you went out. Uh, it's been pretty him and Doc through all these rooms. It's it's kind of showing you um, from from start to finish what it took to um, get product from where it comes from to, to how it gets here. Um, and that was the kind of Art Basel aspect to it. It was like a, you know, interactive build-out. Um, and then from there, you walked outside and it was, they have this convertible, um like no no top no roof waterfall outdoor like area it was nuts with like these two chicks and waterfalls and uh it, it just like you know completely consumed the senses and kids you, you know to this day tell me it was the greatest thing that they've ever seen so for us um that was kind of the next step in taking packaging up a notch because we've seen people kind of mimicking and copying us and um you know we wanted to do something different so going forward you'll see a lot more things like that where we reward the consumer that actually wants to come wait in line. Not that we, not that we want people to wait because we'd love for people to get like the easy cop thing. But, um, you know, for the people that do wait and are persistent, we want to make sure we offer them something else outside of that. Well, next time you do that, let us know where the line is. Cause we will gladly, <laughs> we will gladly come wait. I would actually make a trip to, to experience something like that. A lot of, I mean, yeah, c- considering, well, considering that like, you know, today's now an age is where, a lot of sneaker, you know, connoisseurs, sneaker heads, whatever. The the constant thing is we just all take, you know, losses. We can never cop what we want and things like that. But to hear that there are companies and things like that that are going the extra mile to provide an experience like that is insane. Like just you telling us that story, I could visually see yeah. all of it. Yeah. That might be one of the these stories are, are fantastic, by yes. the way. Yeah. Okay. It was good. We had some marketing guys from some other companies come and they were like, We don't even do this shit and we have like, 
insane budgets. But yeah, I think, you know, uh, again, for me, I'm, I'm more of the people's champ. I like to do things that I would appreciate. I, I don't like to walk in a store and feel like shit or be talked down to or made to feel inferior because uh, someone holds the key to something that they deem is cool. So for me, I'm super appreciative of the people that rock with us. I know we've had our share of, you know, fuck-ups. We're having bots eat our side alive or the website yep. crashes or, right. um, you know, I know there's just been countless times where people could have gave up on us and they still rock with us. And that's the most important factor to me. So even like when I did the Red Rider BB gun for um, Ugly Sweater, I did it only in store in Boston because the Boston guys always complain that I show more love to New York. So <laughs> I try to balance it out. Um, at the end of the day, you can't make everybody happy, but you know, you do your best. And I think providing at least an experience kind of in, in that reward makes people feel like they're a little bit more part of it. And, you know, you get to have fun with everybody else. Like I walked everybody personally through each tour um, during that whole outbase thing. I might've missed like one or two, but I was pretty much your tour guide through the whole thing. So anybody that had any questions to ask me um, off the record, I could have, I could have discussed it with them. And, you know, I like to try to build with, with these kids and, and just kind of see where their heads are. Cause I mean, they are definitely dictating, what's going to be next. And, and I know people refer to it as culture. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know how that word really <clears throat> breaks down when we're, we're talking about, um, a, a, the sneaker consumer that just wants to buy things and resell them. But, yeah, um, right. for the guy that actually is appreciative of it and I want to hear these stories and that, that loves the packaging and the extra mile, uh, you know, I want to be there for that kid. So I, you know, a, a funny story uh, real quick is that, you actually are partly responsible for the creation of this show because I met George because he could get his hands on the first ugly Christmas sweater, the gray pair. And mm -hmm. that's how George crazy and I, George? well, <laughs> yeah, crazy, <laughs> crazy sneakers, George. Um, yeah, he got his pants <clears throat> on the pair and that's how we met. And I will say that there are two shoes that you have created that get worn by me every year and that is every christmas i wear my gray ugly christmas sweaters and every saint patrick's day because i am an irish person i wear the <laughs> concepts um converse weapon boston the boston celtic green and oh, black nice. ones that you did which we did those the depth tones dunk i always wanted that shoe and i couldn't get it so i figured that was close enough <laughs> <laughs> So, so there are two shoes that you created that get put on my feet for a special occasion two times a year. The fact those ugly sweaters, man. I had I was sitting on that shoe for five years, I think maybe. No, I'm sorry, four years maybe before I could get people to believe in that too. There's a lot of things that are on the back burner. I got one coming up this year um, in June. I can't say with who or what it is, but I've been sitting on it. For yeah, about three years. You can't so usually say that's a good sign. You can't say what when I gotta what, push what, people to believe in it. You can't say what <laughs> brand it is. Uh it's with Adidas. It's with Adidas. Oh, oh, Adidas. okay. It'll be coming out in June. Okay, so uh, probably gonna be. It's probably my favorite shoe that I've done. And are you gonna uh, wear this one? A long time. <laughs> Yeah, that I wear. Okay, <laughs> all right, right. So it's yeah. fine. Okay, so then just you know, it's got boost in it. It's, it's got, got boost. boost in it. I, I, well, I was gonna, boost, I yeah. was gonna ask about that a little bit later too. But I wear boost a lot, and I wear Jordan ones. That's like, and I wear Air Max ones. Any ones, I, I still like Air Force ones, Air Max ones, Jordan ones. I, I love ones. Like that's my favorite. What you, what you just said, you know, prior about 
how you're appreciative of the consumer and you understand areas where you guys have messed up before. We appreciate hearing that because you don't ever get to hear that from anybody about, you know, they understand where they've messed up or the websites crashed and things like that. Like, I appreciate you yeah. saying that because even though you don't have to say anything, you don't owe us anything, but it's good to know that somebody Cares. in this industry does care. When we had we had Rich Mays on last week and he talked about yeah, how yeah. he talked about how it's become a, a transactional relationship now. It's a stand in line. Oh, big time. It's 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 stand in line, win your raffle, pay your money, get your shoe, and get out. Hearing that the stories and what goes behind these sneakers, I, I'm gonna be honest with you, we're already big fans of concepts, period. I mean, period. And hearing the story about the eight ball, because I always wondered why there was a yellow and blue lace <laughs> with the eight ball. And Neither. here they Don't hear, leave home without it. <laughs> they hear that that's the representation of a Visa credit card colors, and the plastic on the side is a baggie, is phenomenal. Yeah. Like that's incredible, and I appreciate you saying, you know, that you care what the consumer thinks and you care how we feel and you understand that things happen and the site crashes and stuff like that. But to hear the work that goes into a sneaker, I hope anybody listens to this and says, you know what, this. I'm going to keep this. I'm not going to buy this to resell. I'm not even going to bother because this is more important than a lot of people realize. And well, that was the hope. I mean, you know, what, real quick, when we did ComplexCon, did, did you guys go? Did you? Uh, no, 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 we, we were going this year. year. We're this going year. this year. You went this year? No, we're going to go this year. We did not go. We didn't oh, go in okay. 17. We're going to go for 18, though. Okay, so so what happens there is, um, to Rich's point, um, it, it's amazing experience i never i never seen anything like it it's a little bit overwhelming mm -hmm. but um you know I, I think it's i think it's something you want to check out but the problem therein lies is you have a shoe maybe say you want the ugly sweater or you want the um when pigs fly and you go and put the work in to get it maybe you have george go wait in line for you or you you know owe somebody a favor or you go put the work in yourself and you go and wait or maybe it's just that easy and you went a raffle online i won the fucking cars black jordan fours on a raffle i can't believe that are i thought you, raffles weren't even a real thing you I don't know so did i that, that i won one as well so, yeah including our own i'm like damn man you won all right that's cool because i didn't even get them so <laughs> so um the cool thing with that is though you, you get you know resellers aside let's just talk like amongst us for a second there's people that genuinely want shoes. They want to wear them. They want to rock them. They want to, you know, they they already have it picked out what they're going to kid them with and do all these things. Um, when you go to something like that, you, you lose the emotional attachment to it because you just went you just went to an area, you waited in line, you caught, and you repeated the process over and over and over again. Now I don't know about you, but like when it comes to a female, when you're you know after her and you're, and you're going to get it and you put all the work and you finally get it, it's amazing. But if you go get a hooker in Amsterdam and you go do it night <laughs> after night after night, it's going to lose its luster. So, I mean, yeah. that's kind of where we're at with the sneaker world right now. There's so many shoes and there's so much going on. Uh, you just don't have that attachment to it anymore. It's really just about, can I flip these? Can I wear them once? Can I sell them? And, and that, that connotation of easy, easy, what is it called? Uh, Instant gratification. What is it called when you get an easy cop? Yeah. Easy cop? That's like, <laughs> that's like a stigma now. It's like a bad thing. Why the right. fuck is that a bad thing? <laughs> you know okay. what I mean? Why would you, why would you want to go through hell 
to get it. Like, I won these Jordans before I was on a raffle. I'm pumped. I don't right. have to fucking call anybody or owe somebody a favor. <laughs> like, why is that a bad thing? Well, okay, so... I know, like, eight people that want it. You know, like, and they're like, oh, they're trying to get another pair. I'm like, bro, be happy that you got the first pair. <laughs> so like, let's... That's the world that we're in, though. Let's talk about that because... And this is something... And, and I'm gonna... One thing that we love to do, we like to learn. We like to learn and we hear these stories and we like to learn. And we have no problem changing our opinions or any statements we've made in the past. I'm going to tell you this. I've been on the hunt for Kennedys since forever. And I wasn't going to pay. I didn't want to pay 500 for a beat up pair. And I didn't want to pay 1000 for a brand new pair. Episodes, right. we've, we've discussed exclusivity. We've talked about how sneakers made you feel special. And, and I've constantly said recently, so I bought... I bought two pair of blues and the red hyenas um, when they dropped. I was like, I have to have as many pairs as I can. I Damn, how much money are you making over there, bro? <laughs> oh, well, well, okay, well, well, like I said, like like I said, we're regular consumers. We have regular jobs. We make no money over here, but you know, we're we're, we're still interested in, yes. in you in take money. all of our money. <laughs> yeah, you have all of our money. So um, if we need a loan, we're gonna call you. So. So this, so this is the thing. When I finally was able to get my hands on them, even though they weren't the original, you know, Kennedy, um, I bought as many as I could that I could appreciate for myself. When I that easy cop, it was so easy, and I got them. I kind mm-hmm. of felt like they lost that luster for a second. Hundred percent. I, I felt that way, and then, but hearing these stories, I, I feel ridiculous even saying that because. What goes into it on your guys' end and the hard work and the decisions and telling telling stories, picking materials, the meetings and things like that, it makes me feel foolish for even saying anything like that. And that will never come out of my mouth again because <laughs> these stories are incredible. No, I, so, I understand, man. I mean, there's things in life, and and it's funny, it's just it's reconditioned as people to think this way. There's things in life that I, I haven't been able to get my hands on. Um, maybe I can make a phone call or owe somebody a favor, but if I can't get it that I want it, but I'm, I'm slowly starting to understand, like I'm contributing to that. So I have to like back up a little bit. Uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing when you can get what you want without having to do, you know, all the extra, um, it's, you know, there's a million times you've gotten shot down and things haven't worked out. And those are the shoes that some people just hold in high regard. It's crazy. I mean, when I looked at, um, what is it? I wanted those uh, off-white Prestos so bad. And I'm at Complex Con and every kid walking by me got them out. I'm like, these fucking things ain't even out yet. How do all these kids got them? You know, I want a pair. And then when I got them, I'm like, you know what? I'm happy that I got them. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what everybody else is going through. It's like their own, you know, personal ordeal or whatever. But um, it all goes back to, you know, me. I'm still a consumer at heart, like a lot of people, and maybe you guys don't even know this, I have no ownership of concepts whatsoever. Like, I'm literally an employee there, so I I can't speak in regards to, like, all the things that go wrong, but I know that um, for the duration of how how long I've been there, I've always tried to make it right or tried to do everything I can because uh, it's important to keep the kids that support you rocking with you. That's like above all. And that doesn't mean just collabs, I mean, or supporting the brand of rocking our clothes. It just even means buying from us. And there's a million other options these days. And, you know, these kids that are out there buying things and getting treated like shit, you know, one thing you got to keep in mind is you're the power that be. Like, there's nothing above you. The consumer at the end of the day dictates necessarily everything. So you have to kind of utilize that to your advantage and, 
and understand like it's it's not always got to be a rat race where you got to go and chase this and the third like you can make a gia shoe just as cool as you can make a fucking you know celebrity shoe cool like it's just a matter of what you want to do with it and how and how you want to be different right now we're falling into the slaps of judgment where kids are literally just going online seeing what the resellers and, and trying to get that or mimicking what the next guy's doing a few years ago when everybody was buying a6 diodora puma and you name it like that was a great time for business because nobody was really kind of monopolizing the game now mm-hmm. it's kind of going back and falling into the same patterns of like kids just need to have certain shit and they don't want anything else like you know what i fucking jumped on was uh, the black and baby blue Jordan sixes. I was like, "Are you kidding me?" Those are that yeah. shoe. Like, I love the infrared, so I would I would take that shoe in any color combo like that. Absolutely. Or even um, you know, these Jordan ones, those those opposite are giants. Like, I hope they come out. You know, like I was geeked when I I actually called in a favor for those. Like, I like basic simple stuff. It doesn't always got to be over the top. And there's a lot of shoes that I feel that are great that come out in general release format that just kind of get slept on. And it's a shame. <laughs> So hopefully kids will kind of wake up and stop being different and being themselves because they all claim individuality, but the reality is it's not the case. You know, there's just a lot of kids following the suit. And and again, I think it all kind of boils down to what people are doing on social media to try to get that kind of, you know, falsifying or whatever the fuck it is. Like you can talk to people in real life that, <laughs> that can appreciate you just as much as, you know, you can do spending time cropping and posting your pictures. I suck at Instagram, but I have a million friends in real life. So I'm I'm basing my whole like you know argument on that. Like there's a lot of people out here that could really step up and change the way things are viewed, but instead they choose to kind of use their power to to fall in line with everything else. That's, That's too bad. So speaking of exclusivity, you are responsible for one of the most exclusive non-sample Nike SBs of all time, the Yellow Lobsters. So where did the yellow lobsters come from, and will they be at ComplexCon 2018? <laughs> oh, wow. Um, so yellow, uh, when we were doing the blue one, we went to dinner. Um, I'm sorry, we, we were doing the blue one the day before it came out. Um, Nike was like, hey, we take over your lounge. We had like a membership lounge um, in the basement of our Harvard store mm-hmm. that only a few people have actually seen. It's got fireplaces and a bar and like, you know, TVs and shit. It's pretty dope. Um, they were like, we need to go down there and set up. And I'm like, well, what? I didn't know what they were even setting up. So we gave them about an hour. They came down, showed us this fisherman that found this yellow lobster approximately six months prior to the date that they were there. And um, they did it for us as a gift. So we had no clue it was coming. I mean, that's that's easily one of the most hideous shoes I've ever seen in my entire life. I guess it's mustard yellow and red. Like that's not a combo you want to see, but it fell in line, uh, you know, with, with this newfound discovery. And it was just, you know, a mind blowing gift. So, um, I think there was 36 pair we got and mm. a few pairs went to reps and skaters. So maybe, maybe as high as 42 or something like that. Um, I don't know the number per se, but, those unfortunately will never be coming out. Uh, one thing we don't like to do is beat a dead horse. And I think while we've retroed some shoes or give different variations of it, uh, we don't want to dwell on that. I, I think we could have did a lot more with that whole lobster category, but it was kind of my judgment to um, shut that down early. Yeah. Although I will say that um, this year, 2018, is the 10th anniversary of the first one. 
the red one. Yep. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, so maybe, maybe if enough people say something in Nike, we can get, we can get something going. There's still time, but, uh, hearing that it's been 10 years, anything's in the works right now. Hearing that it's been 10 years makes me feel like I'm getting old. Did, did concepts? Yeah, you, you man. Who are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you can't. I mean, I got to be older than you. No, I don't even want to get into that conversation. <laughs> I got a grandchild. I'm old. I'm old as fuck. George was born uh, in yeah, 1920. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people that's around my age that got grandkids. I don't mean much. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, hold on. Yeah, I, no, I mean. I, when I heard that, I was I was like, oh my god, it's been ten years already. Because uh, <laughs> we, we had talked about it, what we do for the ten year anniversary, and uh, you know, I don't know, we'll see. I mean, if definitely have all your you know people hit up Nike SB and tell them that that we need one. Get your bo- I, get your concept bots ready. <laughs> uh, so oh, I can I can work under the pressure, no problem. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> Did concepts when when the when the guys were deciding to open a store did they originally want to do a skate and hard goods store or was the idea to do sneakers and streetwear and that kind of stuff um so back then that was prior to my arrival that they had it was a typical mom and pop store like you see in um any major hub it, it kind of mixed uh clarks and and you know, Timberland alongside Nike and, okay. and some of those brands. Um, what had happened was the kids that were working there just kind of part-time to scrape together some money were skaters and snowboarders. And the owner at that time saw that, you know, they were coming in. They had, you know, they, they kind of convinced him, I think, to start snowboarding. So he started, he's like, dude, this is sick. I should sell these. So um, they asked Burton to come in, and Burton came in and looked around the store and were like, they left and then the guy they chased them outside like what are you doing why are you leaving They're like yo you're wasting our time you said you want to sell hard goods like what the fuck is this i think they were already selling steaks at the time but it still wasn't set up to be a snowboard shop and um they were like no this is our vision we want to do clocks and mephisto and birkenstock alongside you know snowboards and bindings and, and skateboards and hard goods and um you know they convinced them to do it and um it was kind of the first time it it, it uh, back in that yeah this was 96 it's the first time that uh a brand i think on on our side like being like an independent retailer started doing shopping shops so there was like a burton section and there was all these little mini sections in there and uh you know there was like these dickhead asshole kids in the back that were just being mean to customers no different than what you would have heard of at like supreme or something yeah, back then absolutely. well the, um, at supreme the employees are the dickheads approach <laughs> yeah I, I don't know. I don't know how that whole trend started. I think um, me not being a skateboarder and, and being friends with so many, um, I, I think it's not necessary that that people were dicks here. It was just kind of like, you know, you get asked the same questions over and over again, and uh, you know, you start to get a little bit tired of you know repeating the same answer. It's no different when the thousand kid calls for a Yeezy or is there a raffle? <laughs> like, yeah, dude, you know, like you, you already listed it on Instagram, right? You said it. I think that's right. what it is. Uh, at least on, on this side here, because def- they weren't mean. They just were kind of like, eh, you know what I mean? And right. you're like, yeah, Damn, yeah, bro, yeah. I'm just asking you a question. Think I'm like, you're the first person to ask it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how it started back then. And all the kids used to skate. We were friends with Vinnie Ponte. I know, uh, who, who owned, 
who eventually went on to start Rival and now actually leases our space to us in New York. Uh, and he brought a bunch of people through. Spongy, who's like triple OG from where I'm, where I'm at, um, who was kind of like the guy that brought me in over there. He, he he was dialed in across the skate scene and stuff. So that's kind of all that stuff happened. Matter of fact, I don't think they knew at that time what they had, but um, there's some great stories there too, like prior to me being there. Like there's a lot of people that have passed through there. We used to have like a shoe stash um, in the back. Like I said, when they would hold shoes for Dion, it'd be like 30, 40 shoes in this back room and <laughs> they would hold shoes for this person and this person. So when a celebrity would come in, like I remember... Uh, I had Lawrence Fishburne in there one time, and he was crawling through, like, a maze of shoes of me that were about 20 high, like, 10 deep across. I got fucking the dude, Morpheus from The Matrix, looking through fucking shoes. <laughs> you know I mean? It was just, like, crazy, man. Like, and we had so many celebrities, and we were just, we, we were famous for having these shoes that were stashed in the back. Kids would come in, like... This this band would come in, or this rapper would come in, and they'd be like, oh, I heard you got shoes in the back. And, you know, we just became famous for that. So while uh, A-Life and Norton, these guys were, like, kind of getting on, putting on for New York and doing great collabs and things like that, we were just this little mom-and-pop star in the middle of uh, Boston that, that was known for having, like, this crazy sneaker stash of shoes you'd never seen. And, and I think um, that's where storytelling came from for us is that – we spent majority of our time trying to educate people that didn't, because sneakers weren't on the internet back then. There was maybe like pick your shoes or a couple things, but nobody was breaking down like what a Mesquite Air Force was or a fucking, you know, what what a what what this nightshade dunk was or what it meant to everybody else or even Futura and these guys. Like, so we were doing that. So we spent majority of our, our time educating the consumer, especially like on Saturdays that would come in to this mom and pop store walk in the back and like, whoa, what is this? Wait, what are these shoes? I've never seen these at the mall. And that's kind of how it all started. So like Nike you know, SB if then. If they were nice. <laughs> so Nike SB would have been a more natural beginning as far as collaborating than doing collabs with, um, for like runners and, and basketball shoes and whatever else. Is that, I mean, from the beginning of concepts. Yeah. So, um, the story I was told, and, um, you know, this is me just translating here. Um, when Nike came in, they tried to do a skateboard, I think, twice, and it failed. When they came in the third time, some, some of the staff at Concepts were looking at shoes, and, um, you know, a dunk. Uh, I think one of the kids at Concepts was like, I don't know what you guys keep trying and failing for. The shoe you need to do is right here and pulled the dunk off the wall because uh. the, the kids at our shop were skating that. And um, they're like, you should run with this. And uh, whatever whatever happened with that, if there's truth to it or if it's exaggerated or whatever, whatever happened to that obviously ended up leading up to us being shipped as one of the first Nike SB retailers in the world. Um, I know Supreme was on that list. It was us, and I'm sure there was a couple great core skate shops back then but um yeah we we were with them from the actual very very beginning and that supported them from from the jump and um you know i that that whole sb craze uh you're seeing some of the action come back now it's 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 dope but i mean i don't think anything was more exciting than seeing sps like way back when it was bigger than i tell them all the time i'm like this is this is the retro right now we we grew up and Jordan's wild retros. Now SBs are like the new retros. Like everybody, you know, has some type of attachment to a certain one, uh, even if right. they don't read 
rock SBs anymore. If you gave him like a, a Heineken or something crazy like that, you better believe someone would be like, oh, I'm taking these. You know, like <laughs> people will still rock that shit. So, so in your that's why we, we kept the partnership going. So in your you've been there now since '03, so we're going on 15 years of you being at Concepts. What collaboration? are you most proud of what collaboration meant the most and means the most to you and why? Uh, I'd have to say blue lobster. Cause that was the first one I, I handled by myself. Um, even though it was a copycat, but we helped create with Rob, uh, I think the sophomore jinx and just feeling what pressure actually was knowing that the ships were kind of stacked against us. And I think while some people say it's easy to do that, uh, I think us, coming up with this just insane campaign and the packaging, everything about it was better. I don't want to say the, the color Pantone was better because I think the red was a little bit more appeasing to the eye just because it's so different. But I think um, even adding like the neon laces and everything to it um, from start to stop, I, just everything about it was like personable to me. And I, and I, and I think it came out on top and uh, you know, that was by far the most exciting. But uh, in terms of, what was the most fun? I would have to probably say the Coca because that, you know, that just, that build out or the eight ball was, <laughs> that show was just not. It sounds. To think about it now, in this day and age, it, it'd be tough to um, get away with another shoe like that. And we caught hell from like parents and things like that that thought we were advocating <laughs> drug use. And I was just like, you know what's funny, man? Like, this is sneakers. This is who we are. It, it's, it's basically kind of art at this point, mm. you know, oh, so there's is. nothing really that should be left off the table. Yeah. As long as it's not, you know, like someone to go out and do something wrong, which, I, which I don't think it was, it was really just kind of dialing in a point in time. Cause if you look at, um, me growing up in my era, the, all we watched was drug movies and gangster movies. Like why the fuck wouldn't we want to do a shoe that right. paid homage to that? Absolutely. Even, uh, um, the, the, what the fuck was that? Was, that, was it? Tuxedo, I, I get confused with all these shoes that we've done. The the Diodora one, the Rat was Pack, like Italian suiting, and yeah, yeah, that, even that, it was all like it wasn't meant to be a, a, like a mob shoe or anything, but it was just like we like to do things that kind of honor a moment in time and that can translate well and give us an excuse to use weird materials. Like nobody even knows on that backpack that's supposed to be like Italian suiting material on it, and the eyelet was actually like a red rose. But you know, it, it's just like. So many little things that we try to bring to life. And I, I think people, like to your point earlier, you look at a shoe, you like it, you take it as face value, but we're always adding like little things that we almost want to honor the kid that bought it sight unseen and maybe just not sight unseen, but that bought it without knowing the full story and then having it and then being like, yo, do you know what this is? Because that, that kind of makes it a little bit more memorable. Oh, um, absolutely. You know. We'll see, you know, a lot of talk about. Oh, uh, no, I was saying, like, a lot of people forget, um, you know, because we are, you know, older, you know, we've been in the sneaker, whatever you want to call it, for a lot longer than a lot of people realize, and that the parents and people right now that are doing the complaining, their kids weren't even, a lot of them weren't even alive during a lot of the oh, concepts, no. a lot of the concepts that you're trying to introduce. When you're talking about Rat oh, Pack, when you're talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, oh. double entendre, concepts, anyways. So, <laughs> when, uh, so when you're introducing something like, you know, Coca or 8-Ball or things like that, 
the parents nowadays are looking at their 16, 17, 18 year olds who want to buy that now. And they're like, what the heck is this? But for us who grew up on Scarface, who grew up on, you know, Blow, who grew up on all these. You grew up on Blow? No. Dang. That makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. That's why I'm so creative. Um, (laughs) Yeah. What you trying to say about Dion? (laughs) But it's like, you know, it's one of those things that like. Something that hasn't been said, believe me. It's one of those things where it's like they won't understand it, but we will. Um, so when you come up with like the make these decisions on models and things like that, looking at like the new one that's getting ready to drop on the 19th, the Havasu, what makes you say let's give a I think it's a nine nine one nine nine one and a half one and a half. What makes you decide like we're going to go with that model this year when you've had such success with nine 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 sevens, you know, and things like that? Uh, so that's a great question. Um, oftentimes that it's not necessarily my call. Um, it might be something that the brand might want to pitch and kind of do. So, so Tarion was a great example. That was supposed to be a uh, 997 and it got switched up at the last moment. Um, I think I was traveling around and the guys decided like, you know, they wanted to bring that model back and give it a shot. I personally think it would have been better on a 997 um, in, in the purple that we had mapped out. For the, for the snails and kind of the tongue and everything would have been a little better on that, but it was kind of an instance of us just conforming a little bit for the sake of the partnership, and that happens a lot of times. Um, the Havasu, for instance, um, they wanted to do that model with us, and, and if we couldn't find the right story to match up with it, we wouldn't do it. I think one thing to keep in mind is, if you look back at everything Concepts has done, we, we don't really necessarily get to play it safe. It's not even about us walking the line. It's kind of like we're up for the challenge anytime. When we did that train at 1.0, nobody really was checking for that shoe. And um, I think we did a great job of it. And people maybe really didn't even check for it after as much. That's the thermal um, map, right? Correct. Yeah, and, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, I'm the shoe was brand shoe, new, so it was almost like you guys were doing a collab like after Nike launched it. As I soon think as maybe it that's out. what it was. Yeah. yeah. I think it was more yeah, that than anything else. It wasn't else. meant for our, sh- our market. You know, like mm-hmm. it was exactly. It was an athletic shoe. It was meant for what it was for, but we appropriated it for our marketplace, and I think we did a good job of it. But, you know, I'm always up. For Ryan bought it. Like we do <laughs> Mephistos. We do fucking Birkenstocks. We do shit that just is not within the parameters of what's socially acceptable for a sneaker shop. So for us, it's, it's about trying to do that. Like, you know, there's other, there's competitors of mine that get thrown fucking, you know, any shoe that they want to do. And they still, they still struggle to do shit that I think, you know, they could do a better job of. We don't, we don't always get those things set our way. Like we actually never have worked on a Nike outside of, the trainer point one, uh, one, 1.0 or whatever. So like I always tell people, I'm like, give me something like that and let me show you what I can do. You know what I mean? I haven't done a Jordan. I haven't done a basketball silo or anything like that. Even Adidas, I've done um, some great models that I haven't done necessarily the ones that I want to sink my teeth into. Uh, so it's just like we do, we do what is expected of us, typical to like how I was raised being a blue collar and hard worker, like, we take what's given to us and we work on it. If, if it's not right for us, we won't do it. But if we think we can do something for it and there's an audience for it, that branches us out a little bit further. And when someone looks back at our uh, body of work and is like, you know what, I didn't really like that, but I think they did a good job with it, then we're happy. 
You know, um, not not everything is going to go your way, and these kids need to know that. It's not like you're going to get uh, a job as a sneaker designer and you're just going to get thrown fucking, you know, ten best shoes in the entire world and think that's how it works. Like it just doesn't. Well, it's funny. And there's sneaker designers that work at these brands that are young kids that are super talented, uh, whether it be New Balance, Puma, Asics, whatever. And they have to constantly come up with, and I'm talking about real designers, not what I do. Like, <laughs> what I do is paint by number and shit. I'm talking about guys that actually, like, know how to orchestrate. These guys, you know, it's not easy coming up with new things. Like, it's not like you just get a job at Nike and you get to go work on an Amrax all day. Like, no, you're constantly pressed to come up with new and exciting shit. And I think that's one thing people need to be mindful of is, like, creating what's next or what's new or trying what's new is, is the future of our business. not just, like, you know, capitalizing off what's already there. So, just unless you're the Patriots and you're going to win the Super Bowl. Then <laughs> yo, man, yo, man. relax, relax. I don't man. know. Relax. I don't know because <laughs> the Jaguars. I'm just are... saying, I already booked Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny when you bring up, when you talk about Boston, uh, you know, we're we are we're in Arizona. We're from Arizona, right? We live in Arizona right now. I love Arizona, by the way. Oh, good. And actually, is that not where. Lake that, that's yes, what Lake I was going to ask you. That's what we're going to talk yeah. about. Yeah. Okay. So, um, well, actually, just touch on something real quick. So, um, when you talk about Boston, and you, when we think of Boston, we've all been to Boston before. Yes. We've all been to Boston a couple I times. I was just there in, yeah. a couple months ago for a wedding. just there. Um, and, you know, you think of Boston, you think of, like, I think of blue collar. You know, I don't know a lot about Boston personally besides just visiting um, but you think of blue collar, you think of baseball, you think of Celtics, you think of rival, you think of like, you know, mob, you think of a lot of stuff like that you see in television and movies the and, departed and things like that. Yeah. And, uh, and just from you being a creator and concepts being one of those, like those, like those them sneaker shop forefronters, how angry were you when Bodega opened in Boston? Oh my God. I was pissed, bro. I was <laughs> I didn't think you'd admit to that. Yeah, so um, when they opened, I was just like, wait, what is going on? And, you know, nobody really told me. And I'm like, is it a bunch of rich kids? Like, who the fuck are these dudes? So, you know, and I I didn't necessarily look at it as, like, my city because, honestly, I think that we weren't doing enough right at that time. We keep in mind we were still in back of the tannery, so we were still based in this mom of store. We hadn't opened yet um, in the newer location, which is where we launched the lobster. So, um, you know, once I finally, like, wrapped my head around, I'm like, you know what? These dudes are doing nothing wrong. They're doing something right. And we actually need to kind of step our game up. And I think that's what forced us to come forward and and really kind of align with that vision that I said that I initially had. Because, um, you know, even though I took that leap of faith and, and, grab the job, look at the lapse of time in between from when I started that concept to when we actually opened that store. It was four years. So another thing is like, you know, just because I wanted it to happen doesn't mean that we had like some, you know, wealthier than now rich owners that were like, oh, cool, great idea. Here you go. Here's like a million dollars. Go open the store and do this. That's not how it worked. It took years and years of, um, even just trying to get brands and trying to even align with a collab. And I think the first collab we did was with the super team 33 stuff with new balance, um, which was like a life sporty LA and a bunch of other, um, great retailers across the globe. So it took a long time. And, and then once I finally 
seen that they were doing it. They got TSL in like a year, and I was these fucking dudes. Like I, I didn't, you know, I was heated. But um, you know, we're all great friends now. I love them guys. I think that what they did actually woke us up and and got us going. And you know, I talked to Jay quite often who's one of the owners and um you know looking back now i couldn't be more happy that they did that but yeah initially i was like damn this is fucked up like you know <laughs> what, what we should you know what should we do about this <laughs> well, i don't want to say too much because we're all good friends now but no what not no, i had some ill-advised thoughts for sure i think it's just one of those i think it's just one of those things where it's just you know it's just a competition thing and it's it's natural you know we we're not mm-hmm. the only sneaker podcast out there. There's not a lot of us, but they seem to just kind of pop up everywhere. And of course, in my own mindset, I feel like we're consumers and we speak, you know, how we feel. If we like something, we don't like it and we speak to the people. So when every once in a while, when a new podcast or a new show or something pops up sneaker wise, you get that feeling of like, man, like, you know, what the heck? But it does make us work harder, you know? I feel like reaching out to somebody like you and trying to get your opinions and us getting these stories is is great, you know, because there's a lot of people who who want to know this stuff. It's it's a great story. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me want it makes me appreciate concepts and collaboration work even more. We discussed I appreciate uh, that. we discussed with Rich Mays and I, I asked him, I said, is collaborating the savior for the sneaker you know, universe, like, is it gonna rely heavily on collaborations? Last year we had Cause, we had our Virgil do amazing things with Nike. Is it gonna be to the point where we're all just waiting for the next quote unquote fire to come out of, you know, these geniuses like yourself to put on market? Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can hear you. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah, I, you know, I think we're all, we're all wondering that. Um, per- personally, I love those moments, but I don't necessarily think that they define define um, you know what what a whole year is made up of. So I think for me, because I get asked that all the time, and even even from a brand standpoint, they're like, should we be collaborating with stores more, or should we be collaborating with other brands? And so you know, the the question is is who who's actually um, gonna gonna push the envelope and take it up a notch. I think that some of the big guys you mentioned they get ultimate creativity. Uh, on my side, it's a little bit more subdued. Uh, there's definitely things I've tried to do that just I can't do. Um, that, that I'm not allowed to do, or maybe the technology is not there. The development isn't isn't ready to risk it on a smaller shop. So um, I think those big guys for sure are necessary because they're the guys that kind of get full reign to do what they want. But I think uh, what you notice from this past year, cause is brilliant regardless. Um, I actually like the black pair a little more than the gray because I thought having it muted, I didn't didn't really like the hands all over my shoes. So I like the black because it's a little bit of him, but it's also like kind of understated, which is kind of where I'm at. But I think for a kid that really wants to kind of be in his own, customization is going to be the future for the next couple of years. So um, Virgil opened the door with that. Uh, obviously, outside of, you know, I know a lot of people have mentioned Ian from Gobster who did the relock first and kind of inside out it. And a lot of people said that's where Virgil got his inspiration from. Whether he did or didn't, uh, Ian's still a very creative guy in his own right. And I think 
Um, it's never looking at something about who did what first. It's just a matter of who's kind of, you know, knocking at the door and get someone to open the door and open up and, and see what's happening. And I think we're noticing now with some of the cooler customizers in the game, like I'm good friends with Mosh and I, I, I heard of some of the other names. I don't necessarily know them. They can also send me free shit. I'll leave my address later. Um, but, <laughs> but I think customization for sure is like giving the kid his own identity and helping them, um, you know, be themselves. And, and I think that's what's going to be more important than any collab because a kid that's sitting at home that really wants to digress from what's happening can really just go to work on something that he already has, make it his own and stand out amongst the crowd. It's just a matter of is he ready, is he ready to not be, you know, have his name in bright lights and he's just happy with whatever his circle of friends are. Um, but I think for me, I'm anxious to see what kids are going to do this year uh, in the in the comforts of their own home and just, you know, with some scissors, some whatever fucking color, I, I don't know, whatever paint that is that they use or, or Velcro <laughs> right. or whatever the hell they're doing. And uh, I didn't really understand Virgil's uh, mindset until I went to the uh, the Nike um, thing that they threw from in New York uh, during Wall Street. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like, you know, telling kids like, this is cool that I got to do this, but you've always been able to do this. So do it. Um, uh, and, and he said it in much more of a genius way. I, I'm saying it with a Boston <laughs> accent. Like I just got off the pilot set, but you know, that's kind of where he was at. And I, and I appreciated that a lot because I think he's right. I think, you know, I've always said like people, people say, I want your job. I want to work for you. I want to intern for you. And I'm just like, man, you know, like be, these are all great things that have happened to me, but I kind of made it happen. It's not like I just sat around and someone called me and did it. So um, while things have changed now, I took a chance and did something back then when it wasn't cool. No, not, Nobody was really like the sneaker culture was big and it was booming, but it was nothing compared to what it is now. So there's actually more opportunities. It's just a matter of like how you want to differentiate yourself from everyone, from everyone else. Um, and I think, a lot of kids get stuck on trying to imitate what they're seeing and maybe try to do it a little better. Like, no, there's a million things that haven't been done. Um, things of which I personally think about all the time. Like, why has someone not did this or did this? Like, so, I mean, those kids that are sitting at home listening or those that have devoted themselves to trying to find a career path here, may- maybe it's not necessarily like going and getting a job in Oregon in um, doing something you don't like. Maybe it's you have the power to do what you want to do right now. It's just you got to find something and make it happen. Like, I used to fucking scrub my shoes with 409 and a toothbrush for years. <laughs> Am I going to say that crepe protector or uh, uh, mark is better than that? I don't know, but I know that they found something that didn't exist to that capacity and, and they created multi-million dollar brands off it. You know, like when my man Alex uh, Diamond did stock laces, like he was doing that shit on his own. Like there's so many things out there that kids can do. Uh, it's just a matter of sometimes you get an idea stuck in your head and you're just committed to that and all that. And you won't like, there's, there's nothing that can take you away from it. Whereas you might be missing opportunities passing you by just by, you know, being stubborn. It's not necessarily that you're, you're you know, devoted to mastering your craft. It's that you got to understand everything else that you're going to do up until that point is going to actually hone you, hone that for you. So, um, I was doing stock when I started concepts. So it wasn't like I got a job and I was on the floor cause I didn't care. Like I said, I wanted the shoes. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care what it was I was doing. And again, I was making great money. It wasn't, 
it wasn't really the coolest job for me to do to be getting paid like 10 bucks an hour or probably less to fucking sit in the back and in organized shoes by skew count. But what it did for me was help understand like, you know, uh, when I would, when I would check Nike.net or when I would do this, I understand skews. I understand what the numbers might, I understand how to find them. Or I would geek out on Nike talk and go find shit. Like I knew how to go off the skew numbers or what I was looking for. So, so there was an asset to me there. And I, and I was like kind of, you know, zoning out on myself and doing that. But you know, it's it's a humble experience, and I think kids just think once you once you get in the door, like everything's just gonna open up for you. Like, oh, yo, I have a jacket with, with patches on that I made. You know, here you should pick this up. Like, nah, bro, I don't owe you shit. Cause you know why? You you still have a long way to go before you learn anything. Like, there's a million other kids that are doing the same thing, but you think just because you DM me, I owe you something more than I do. Like, that's where that's where their mentality is, and it's more like, you know, if you just take the time to do it all on your own and don't worry about being people say to me all the time, they're like, yo, you own a store and you can't fucking respond to a DM. I get a hundred DMs a day. <laughs> like right. my chick don't even check them no more. Cause she, <laughs> she knows there ain't no chick trying to holler at me. It's just dude. <laughs> so it's not like she, you know what I mean? She right. knows. She's like, who's that chick DMing you? Never mind. She probably wants size six and like a presto. Like, so it's like, she knows already, but, those kids get mad at me, and I'm like, man, what, what the fuck do I owe you? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my best to respond as quick as I can, but I'm not gonna pick up your brand or give you a job just because you took two seconds out of your day to DM me when you probably DM'd fucking Ronnie or Joe from Kentucky or Derek at Politics or right. James from Social Status. It's the same thing, you know. Like these kids got to understand, like it's, <clears throat> it's a long road, but if you're committed to doing something different that doesn't exist. I'm pretty sure the reward at the end will be, you know, all, all the much greater as long as you, you know, stick to it. Is there no, any sorry for the long-winded answer? Is, is is no, no, no. Hey, talk. We we want. We love this. Yes. Um, is there any concern on your end or anybody on concepts about possibly, um, you know, considering that the sneaker world or whatever you want to call it has geared is going so young now? Is are you guys worried that you guys might have been creating collaborations for a specific age group. Um, Cause I don't know if like a younger generation will respect a nine, nine, one or like a nine, nine, seven, things like that. They're just looking for ultra boost and Yeezys and things like that. Yeah. Um, I, th I think, uh, you know, there, there's definitely a line to, to walk, but I also think there's a younger sneaker consumer that, and this is funny because I know that it, it you don't see it as much, but there's a younger sneaker consumer that respects kind of the OGs a lot. Like if you look at Cars and Virgil, they've been around for a long time. It wasn't really just like Virgil just popped up overnight. He's just prominent in, in the headlines now because of his affiliation with Nike and obviously Off-White being booming, but he's been doing his thing for quite some time in Cars. I mean, I used to follow him from when he was, you know, a graffiti artist when I never even had heard of these um, characters and the X's and things like that. So I think there are people that understand what it takes to get to this point and they respect what those guys like and admire. And for, for us to do like a 991 or something like that, I, I, I don't think it's, um, I don't want to put it out there on a pedestal as a statement. I just think that it's kind of paying homage to a, a, you know, maybe a different time frame. But, you know, for the guys over in, like, the U.K. and such, that's still, like, a you know, 
a, a big shoe for them. So we want to we, we're doing that more or less to kind of involve everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in it and we want it to be something for the people that that just strike out all the time too. Like there's a lot of shoes that we do like a Mephisto, it's flat. it was an expensive shoe. It wasn't for anybody. Like I can't pull them off, but I respected what it is. And especially the craftsmanship coming from a company like that. But, um, we want to do stuff for those people that kind of maybe don't want to get caught up in a cause or easy raffle and things like that. They just want to get dope shoes that they think are for them. And there's something for everybody while it doesn't fit with, you know, um, what I would align with, you know, popular politics. It's still like great shoes and, and there's consumers out there that are into that. I mean, fuck, man. If you're telling me dudes rock them Balenciaga S shoes, then there's got to be something for everybody, <laughs> oh, right? Because that's just, <laughs> Awful. That's, I mean, that's not, that's not my flavor, but I mean, the you know, people are rocking them right now they and they're suck. winning. So, yeah. so, I mean, there's like a lot of shit out there. It's just a matter of, when you look back and I, and I see concepts 15 years from now and whoever takes the, you know, the torch from me and goes on and does whatever they're going to do with it. Uh, I, I would love to see it all kind of at least make sense. It doesn't mean it has to mean something to everyone, but at least it's not questionable. Like we, we haven't done shit that, you know, Crocs was itching to do a collab with us. It almost happened. <laughs> my, one of my guys, man, he, I love him, man. He, he, <laughs> he was like, yo, I think we should do it. And uh, I was like, you know, I don't, I don't really see where you're going with this. <laughs> you know, look, I get like, and even if you look at the um, Monarch, like, you know. All right, we good, because that was what I was going to ask about, and that was a good segue right into that. So talk about that a little bit, because we yeah. saw your comments on full-size runs, so we need some information here. Yeah, so, you know, again, like, I can't go enough to um, to, to kids that, that want to see this as a career choice. Like, it's never going to be what you think it is. Um, and for for us to work on the Monarch was obviously – uh, you know, a, a a great opportunity. And it took me a while to kind of get my head around it because I've never been a Monarch guy, even though I got close <laughs> friends that, that actually love them. My dad rocks them religiously, so maybe that's the stigma I can't get past. But um, when we started working on it, we were really knocking our heads trying to figure out what to do with it. And we didn't want it to seem like we were making fun of it um, I don't, I don't, I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's, it's the most, you know, popular Nike shoe I think of all time as far as, you know, the global population is concerned, but it's also cool in my world because of the dad shoe stigma. And I, I don't get how dad anything is cool. Like, you know, like I don't <laughs> understand. So I was trying to wrap my head around it. Cause like I said, my dad actually wears them. I know dudes say that, but like, right. My, you know, my stepdad is like six four. He's a big dude. Like he rocks those because they come in with. So I'm over here like, you want me to do what now? Like, wait, <laughs> I, you know, I'd love to do like a Sparadon. I'd love to do a 97. Ooh, a and I'm over here fucking with the Monarch. So, um, you know, when it came time, um, what what was discussed and, and without saying too much about um, what happens behind closed doors, but what was discussed is, does it really make sense for, for concepts to um, align with a shoe that on its own, it's already 
crushing life like that shoe selling millions and millions of units like right. w- what's the point of us doing that it can only you know it doesn't it's not going to help or enhance it at all granted we know there's like a a, a smaller league club of of trendy guys running around rocking them but still so that was kind of where my head was at like let's let's leave that alone for now and, and maybe try to get on the books and do some other stuff and, and you know if it's good it's good like i like i told you guys earlier like this yeah so it's not necessarily like it, it's time sensitive uh so if that should ever come out maybe it'll be you know when the time is right but right now i just didn't feel like uh it was it was the best time for to do so well real quick i just want to give a shout out to one of our listeners ryan swinger like he's a he's a person on instagram who I mean, he wears New Balance, Asics, Concepts, things like that all the time. And I know he is going to flip hearing these stories from you. Um, oh, what's his name? Ryan Swinger. Oh, yeah, man. We talk all the time. He's oh. he's fucking, he knows his shit. Oh, absolutely. He's a great dude. Oh, okay, cool. Absolutely. Yeah, I, he- I try to tell him as much as possible. Uh, he, he actually like yeah he he even got me a few followers I think. <laughs> oh really? Um, He's on the money, man. We uh, yeah. I see every time he comments, I get like a bunch of people asking new shit. So yeah, he uh we uh we talk all the time and he listens to the show all the time and he's just you know he's like one of those he's a dad and he's just a cool mm-hmm. cat you know he's one of those Instagram uh he's an Instagram account that like I I look forward to it's not over the top. And it's stuff that we can all rock and that we all relate to. So uh, I just want to make sure I brought him up, you know, talking to you because he's a cool cat and he's going to lose his mind hearing these stories. Uh, like, doesn't know how to oh, no, shoes. He's great, man. He yeah. gets it. Yeah. Um, Dubai. Yes. Uh, uh, what was behind opening the store in Dubai? You know, money kicks. I mean, I know it's, I know, <laughs> we know. It's a collab with money kicks. We know, yes. we know, um, we know. Dubai is just the land of money. We know that. But there's just so many other right. places. You know, Concepts, you know, isn't everywhere in the United States. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, man, they went uh, across the, around the world. Uh, what was the decision behind that? Well, uh, again, um, I, I hate to sound too um, – I don't want to sound like elitist by any means, but we – thrive on kind of having this underlying luxury theme and, and we felt going there uh, would kind of put an exclamation point on it. Um, also, my boss is Muslim, so he, he has a tie-in to that culture and oh, okay. we have some friends that went to be, um, I think they went to BU, um, so they went to college and they had been discussing that for years. Um, when we went over there and, and it took me a few trips to kind of get my sea legs about me and understand what, how things work over there and what happens. We, we figured out that, you know, that we would be a great fit over there. It would take some time, but we wanted to be the first to plant the flag there. Uh, one thing I've noticed is when you come to a place like New York or you go to LA, Miami, Chicago, wherever, there's, there's already people that are there doing their thing. So mm-hmm. you might add to popular culture, but you're not, you're not really, you know, at the forefront of it and for us to go there we got to do that so um those are the places we'll be looking to expand in um that are kind of behind the curtain a little bit and that you don't see but that when all said and done um people will know that we were kind of behind the rush that follows or that slowly ensued thereafter um we're, we're opening shanghai this year 
as well. And then uh, there's one place I got my heart set on that uh, that I hope happens. That'll be super off the beaten path, but we feel like will will be beneficial, you know, to us and, and to the consumer. But uh, everything in the U.S. we're going to leave alone. We feel like we've got enough coverage here. We'll do some pop-ups and try to cause some noise when when it makes sense. But for us, um, we feel like everybody's kind of getting their fill elsewhere, and we don't want to just be another, you know, transplant that shows up, thinks that they, you know, deserve to steal consumers from the guys that have been hardworking and created something on their own. So, um, you know, in a nutshell, that was what Dubai was for us. It just kind of, it aligned on a few points, made sense, and I think long-term it's going to be bigger than, you know, we could have imagined. It's just about being patient and waiting it out. What uh, what kind of challenges are involved in going into places like Dubai and China? I mean, because you have, you know, religious issues and government issues and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Any, anything that's really a big deal or? Um, not necessarily. Um, for, for Dubai, the challenge is that, um, like, you know, to your point, there's a ton of money over there, but, um, you know, <laughs> whether, 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 and just kind of, you know, being able to get whatever you want, whenever you want, um, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have a big sneaker line. <laughs> so right. to get people to, to form a line is, you know, we, they're, they're a lot smaller in comparison to what you see in the States. But, um, I also think that, uh, the, it's just opening up a whole new world for us. Like even in terms of collaborations and such, there's a lot more inspiration I could pull from there than, you know, um, saying I've never been there. There's just so much cool culture and architecture there that, um, every time I go, it's just mind blowing. So there hasn't been too many challenges with that other than just trying to get a developer sneaker base like we have in the States. Cause we were just spoiled. You know, we went over and we're like, Oh man, you're gonna have three thousand kids in line for this and that, and there's not even three thousand sneaker kids there yet. Um, but they do have Soul DXB, which is a big um, like sneaker. Hey, what? I'm on the phone. <laughs> Sorry, my kids playing Overwatch. Um, so, yeah, I think there's you know there's there's a lot there, and in time it'll it'll be. It, it'll it'll be a huge part of who we are. I just think we have to show discipline right now and kind of wait it out and help develop that consumer and, and get them to understand. Uh, not not that they have to conform to what happens in the U.S., but just that, right. you know, it, it'll develop in time, I guess, is a long, long-winded answer. Um, there's definitely been some, some, like, issues over there just trying to get certain product and things like that but we we brought tier zero to the gcc which is like the middle eastern region so they do get tier zero level product there but like even for like something like off-white we weren't allowed to get it over there just because there wasn't enough made or something to that effect so hopefully in time that'll change but outside of that it's good and for china um to be perfectly honest with you i haven't haven't been yet because i've been traveling elsewhere so um just phone conversations as of yet um, I'm a super picky food eater, so I hope that they have like chicken steak and protein steak <laughs> for me over there because that's pretty oh, much yeah. all I eat. I don't eat seafood, eggs, or anything like that. So um, I have, I, I I have a couple that, friends uh, who live there and teach English there. Man, there's plenty of stuff. There's a lot of stuffs Americanized yeah. over there too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we have a we have no, a we have a contributor is, to the podcast that lives over there. His name is uh, Jay Shuang, and uh, he's in China and he's a mm-hmm. super big sneakerhead over there, Shanghai Soul on uh, Instagram and. Oh, uh, you'll have no problem okay. selling product in Shanghai. No. Trust me. I mean, unless you got LeVar Ball's kids and they're trying to steal it. 
<laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, yeah, no, I mean, um, from what I heard, that's been the sentiment. Um, no, it, it's, um, you know, for me, uh, you know, all food jokes aside, I'm excited. Uh, I think that it would be good, although I personally, like I said, uh, you know, my involvement in what we do here um, gets hindered when I have to, when we have to, like, take the time to go you know, run and operate a store and get it up and going. It's a lot of work. So Dubai, um, if you look at what was happening with concepts along that time frame, things were slightly different. And I think it was noticeable um, that, you know, in in my absence, things were moving in a different direction and, and shifting because I was spending a lot of time over there getting that done. Uh, good news is I don't think I'll have to devote as much time to Shanghai. So, um, I think this is going to be a pretty, um, I think this would be a pretty amazing gear for concepts as a brand and as a whole. And I think, you know, I think we got some of the best stuff we've had probably ever coming out this year. So it's all good, good news. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, to your question earlier, with everything going on and too many collabs and this and the third, we knew that we couldn't leave anything to chance right now. So we're coming into it, um, super humble, but you know, ready for war. So, going back to your Tier Zero account, or Tier Zero thing, mm-hmm. um, there's a very big release this week to Tier Zero, the Air Jordan 4 Levi's, and are those only releasing at your Concepts Dubai store, or are they releasing in New York and Boston as well? I think, well, so, um, the, the greatest thing that's ever happened for me is not working in the store anymore. <laughs> so I don't know the <laughs> answers to all that stuff because I used to lie and be like, I don't know. And then, you know, people are like, yo, I'm just sorry you were there. I actually have no clue about um, any sneaker drops, especially of that magnitude anymore. So I don't know, but I think we were on the list, judging by the texts I've been getting uh-huh. for both stores. And I know for the coat, it's just going to be us, um, Boston and New York, because we've been... Um, you know, supporters of Levi's for a long time. So um, I know they hit us up, and there's very few stores that are getting the jacket. I don't know how many are getting the shoe, though, to gotcha. be honest with you. So my what la- do y'all think of those? I think the black one's a little nicer. I'm not, I, I have oh, too many blue denim I am, from way I, back. So. I want the denim, I want these I denim want, fours so badly. Yeah, I want them both, but I want them both no, because no, I don't. want to do something to them. Okay, like, I no, wanna, right, that's fine. I want to distress them. Yeah. I, I, it gives me the opportunity to be creative with my own shoe. Um, that I like. Yeah. I like that. So I have one more question so, to wrap up because yeah. you talked about inspirations, and it's not every day or very often that Arizona gets uh, in- inspired <laughs> shoes. So what was the inspiration behind the Lake Havasu? Yeah, so that one's a little bit um, more self-explanatory than the others because we actually got to help tell that story um, when when we were looking at Made in UK. I, I wanted to do something that, so when we did the Diodora, um, the, re- the reason why we did Lara, the reason why we did Rat Pack was because they were made in Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a chance to do something that wasn't Boston-centric, but that tied into us um, one way or another. Um, those were a little bit more loose. But here, I like the idea of something having like a UK-US um, tie-in. So when we found out the first London Bridge was actually, I can't even believe it, man, but I guess it was broken down yep. piece by piece and sold to, you know, a, a, 
a millionaire. I don't think he was a billionaire at that time, but tycoon over here to be shipped over on um, barges and reassembled with numbered pieces. I just was like mind boggled. I'm like, wait a second. So the first London Bridge is actually not even in London, it's in Arizona. Yep. And I just couldn't, for the life of me, understand why this guy would spend this much money to, to take a bridge and, and just rebuild it, especially um, with the means of how he had to transport it. And, and it was like kind of all puzzle pieced together and they had to inscribe the number of each one and where it went. I just was like mind boggled. I still can't get over it. Like it doesn't even seem real. <laughs> so I just thought the story was too good to be true. Um, so pretty simple and the, and the box will kind of um, speak to speak to the story a little bit more. But that, that was it. We, we only did... 250 pairs so um oh, wow. we tried to number each box as such but um there was a, a hidden fee that that came with that and we tried to keep the cost of everything down so again like if the boxes are too much and i can't eat them then i'm not gonna upcharge the customer just for the sake of doing so unless unless it makes sense where it's like a lost package or something along that line but um we had did a whole uh, i don't think anybody's even hit to this but for if you look at the tarian which was the first new balance we did we've actually alluded uh this newspaper clippings in each box um that lined the 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 lid and each one of those clippings alludes to what was coming next so we've actually dropped a hint from january on of every single shoe that we were going to do this year uh including the lake havasu uh we just we just we kind of like those little hidden things. Again, it's something that even if you can't make an interactive build out, but you supported it by default, it's kind of a reward there uh, for the customer that that's you know put his faith into us. So there's actually a story. Um, it, there was we t- we talked about the the hyenas mm-hmm. way back in January. So if a kid was paying attention, which you know is funny, not a single kid picked up on it. <laughs> so it's kind of. <laughs> like a waste, but we still took the time to do it. We thought it was cool because I think back when in the SB days and such, like kids really were just like, so, you know, enveloped and stuff that they always looked for reasons. There's a kid out there that told me that, uh, the luxury goods in the Rose are actually a Dunkin' Donuts collab, which I thought was pretty funny because if you look at the colors (laughs) and I was like, I didn't, I didn't really get that. So, I mean, there are kids out there that really take the time to just like look for hidden meanings and find all that. And, uh, we literally laid it out there in plain sight. Um, even the, uh, the Esplanade has, uh, uh, I think on the, on the bottom, the base of the box, there's Harry Houdini, uh, in handcuffs under the water because back in, you know, whenever he was alive, he actually jumped off the, the bridge right near the store in Harvard and, uh, you know, did one of his first tricks or whatever we had to get out of handcuffs and such. We always got these little hidden meanings, but we thought the newspaper clippings would be funny and nobody noticed. So uh, one of the newspaper clippings is about a, a, you know, a millionaire tycoon that bought this bridge and, like, reassembled it in Arizona or whatever. But, um, yeah, that one was pretty literal. And we just loved the colorways and we thought it came to life and... To be honest, I've never wore that shoe, and 
Uh, I wasn't really too keen on it in the beginning, but it's grown on me over time. It's kind of one of those ones that I'm like, oh shit, this is this is pretty dope. So, well, and it's a huge party kids, lake. Kids so, if you, and it's a huge party <laughs> lake. Them, guys, you know. So, oh, yeah. if you guys rent a yacht to go down and sail Lake Havasu, oh. then let us know. We'll be there. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, I would love to, man. I thought oh. I was doing a hot air balloon too. I heard that's like a big thing out there. Oh, what's that? A huge thing. The hot air balloon. Oh yeah, yeah. I gotta do that. They just had a festival here. I'll come visit. I'll come kick it with y'all soon, man. Oh, absolutely, definitely. Yeah, we tell everybody who comes on the show, like if you in the area, we'll buy you a beer or something, man. Let us know, Paps. (laughs) No, Uh, it's not gonna be one, man. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, no, no! I'm gonna tell you this: you come to Arizona, we owe you a lot of beers because these stories are great. So (laughs) I'm gonna we're gonna let you go now because I mean I appreciate you graciously giving us this amount of time on us on a Sunday. Um, I know you said you got your kids there and everything and the stories you've told and the things you've shared with us and how humble you are is inspiring to us, you know, to keep yes. going and keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, like Ryan said before, he's wearing When Pigs Fly right now and I'm wearing Kennedy Hyannis. And it's almost like if I was interviewing Jordan today, I'd wear Jordan's. And if I'm interviewing if I'm interviewing Dion Point, I'm wearing some Concepts collabs. Yep. So. And also, just, just something to take back, because I'm sure you talk to the owners and the employees and whatnot. Just something to take back to the store with you. When I order my Winpigs Fly, they didn't come with the, I don't know if you want to call them lace locks or whatever, but the little pig logo. Yeah. Literally called the store or emailed that same day, and they had them in the mail immediately, and they got to me like three days later. Oh, yeah. So the, the customer okay. service with Concepts Man is unrivaled yes. in terms of these type of stores where normally you call and the employees couldn't be more bothered by you calling them. You know what I'm saying? So just something to take back to the <laughs> store, know. man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anytime I've ever I called, it too, my man. they've been super friendly, super helpful. And it's, yeah, it's always been, that's always been one of my biggest reasons for. And, for and you know, them. Boston has a reputation of not being nice people in, as a city. You know what I mean? I know. So. Tell me about it. <laughs> we, we've had some, we've had some tough, you know, there's been some guys over there that have been, you know, They've been a little tough to get in line, but we're trying for sure. Progress. That's what I always say. That's all good, man. We appreciate it. We appreciate. You know what's funny is I I appreciate conversation with somebody, and you know what? We didn't talk about Yeezys. Yes. And I mean, yeah, me too. And after some more collabs come out, maybe we got to get you on the show again to tell us more stories. I mean, that's just the way it works. Absolutely, brother. Well, there's still about. about, Yeah, there's still about three dozen collabs that we didn't talk about (laughs) already. Yes. Three lies being one of them. I promise you that. There's nothing that doesn't have one. So next time we'll talk about the three lies. Sounds good. We can do that. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Take it easy. All right. Take it easy, Dion. Thank you. All right, man. Appreciate it. Take it. Dang. Got through a whole show. Dion's phone number is still private. Don't stop it yet. Oh, I thought you were stopping something. Yeah, this is my oh favorite my show. That, that, this is my favorite show of all time. Bruh. Bruh, my favorite show. No, dis- on, no disrespect to the no other guests we had to on. to anybody. You know? All right. But, bruh, them stories are fire. No, no. Okay. Fire. Period. All right. I didn't even know where the Yankees logo came from. All right. And that hearing where the logo of the Yankees came from. It's not so much that to me, like, because you could look that up on the internet and find that you out. Could. It's the story, it's the story that from they the came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like yeah. it's the work that they put into it. It could have easily just been Statue of Liberty. He could have just ran with that. Yeah, sure, Statue of Liberty. Even though we knew it didn't really look Statue of Liberty, but yeah. bruh, when plays five story, come on, bruh. 
You know what's kind of crazy, too? Right. Well, yeah, that. (laughs) Bro, come on. What's kind of crazy, too, is that a lot of these stores have enough respect for each other that he almost felt bad infringing on using the Tiffany Blue because he didn't want to infringe on, you know, Nikki Diamonds or whatever you want to call them. Um, Diamond Supply Man. So that to me, that was inter- interesting too. And I'm sure there's other people who feel the same way about him, you know. But we haven't talked to them yet, and to know that he would take that in consideration, you know, because yeah, there's yeah. plenty of teal, Tiffany, Freshwater, whatever color you want to yeah. call that out there. So I mean, yeah, he obviously doesn't own, you know, he doesn't have a, a right a, a, a trademark or whatever on the color, and the color is not even his. It's the Tiffany company. He so. could easily called it Tiffany. So yeah, so but I mean, that's pretty dope. I I'm appreciative i am appreciative of this conversation and one of those things about having a podcast is we would have never been able to talk to any of these people we've talked to like have a conversation you know they might like a pick of ours one day or we bring a good product to the market not everyone can do this all right right. and this is creating content your boy button always talks about the creators we are the creators all right we the, people can't not everybody can do this and i you know i want to make sure that we express our listeners how appreciative we are to them yes and you know i know a lot of times we can be very boisterous and boisterous and but we are very humble that people take the time out of their day to listen and for him to take the well, time especially out, for two hours for like two most hours. of the guests we've had have been two hours on the phone and yeah. for him to even talk to us for two hours with this kid in the background and stuff like that on the phone and he's under the weather they playing video games That's, and, that keeps and, kids attention I mean. and he's under the weather and been traveling yeah i am grateful and yes. i can't wait to post this like i, I can't wait to listen to it again because I, I can't wait to hear the stories again that was a phenomenal oh. all right uh is there anything else you guys anything nothing steelers are down seven I know they, got they came seven. back. They came back. That's the greatest sneak this episode of all time. Just got to rank up there. And now we have one possibly. Next I rank. Week. I rank things differently. Like I rank the ones with guests different than separate than the ones with no guests. I because do. it's two separate things. Because I feel like we get better. naturally people that listen are going to want to hear stories like that from those dudes. I feel like we get better each guest. So this is my favorite episode. Um, yeah. And I love. I love how we ask questions. It's easy to have somebody on and say, what's your grail? Yeah. You know, not going to ever. I don't, you would never hear me ask a guest that. Never. All right. You know, what are you love? Like, I'm, you'll never hear that. I want to know the process well, of we, you doing your job. Uh, I mean, if you want to get people on like Penny and, you know, of course, some of them people, of then you got to ask them stuff like that because they don't work in the show right. industry. Yes, but I'm saying like Ryan asked him what was the most, the collaboration you're most proud of. That's, you know, that's. Uh, it's a good way to, you know, what's your best, you know, there's right. not to boost. Well, you up. would get a different answer from him, him anyways, because he says he doesn't wear his own shit. So that's yeah. actually, that was surprising. <laughs> that was surprising. <laughs> his own shoe grail will be different. Man, but he guys, told you anyway. Well, you, don't listen, you don't listen to our podcast. So yeah, you're right. You guys have so much in common. <laughs> but so. I do play it on silent in the background to get the view. <laughs> <laughs> and I like it. So, uh. I guess that's it, man. I'm like, I can't wait to edit this. Like, I'm protecting. I can't wait to listen to I'm tomorrow. protecting this USB drive. There's a lot of people that do stuff life. like this and don't. Like he said, he don't wear his own shoe. I don't want to listen to my own show. I don't right. want to listen to myself, really. And until we can talk to a Virgil or a PSNY or any of these other collaborators <laughs> or a Ronnie or anybody else, I, I don't know that. I know what Dion does. I know what Concepts well, does. And I, think- I I'm through the roof right Matt now. is the only other I'm person stoked. we've talked to who's worked on the actual collaborations, right? right? So yeah, I mean, we only had one other one. Ooh, I, I'm I'm hyped. I'm Tony so D hyped. has a collaboration. 
But he's not. I'm talking about like the director of a brand making. Okay, that was fire. Ryan's just being. (laughs) Ryan's just being. Actually, you know what's funny is I think all those joints where the Saucony did with all them people all sell for over retail now in the resale market. That's a fact. Collabs. Let's, let's go ahead and Co- end this one. And it is collabs. Hey, do what you got to do. And he did no, say it is not. collabs. Okay, he's, from, well, he's from Boston. Now right. he is from Boston. The word is from collaboration. Collab. Well, thank you. Okay. Yes, we know where it comes up. Why are we acting like collab uh, is a thing then? The word okay. stems from collaboration of the you don't call Latin meaning of collaboration. Okay. Collab. Let's get this to make one thing straight. <laughs> what are you Dion talking Point about? calls it collab. It's a collab. It's collab. Today, it's collab and forever on from this point on. Ryan, anything else? That's what he gets. <laughs> collab yourself. <laughs>